You shall see hail fall from a clear sky and burn as fire upon the ground. You shall see darkness cover Egypt when the sun climbs high to noon. And you shall know that God is God and bow down to his will. Nothing of this earth can make me bow to you, Moses. Behold, the hail comes. When darkness has covered Egypt for three days, your ministers will send for me. Welcome to the Nightfly Podcast, call-in show number two edition, recording April 4th, 2020, the worst year in the history of the planet. Well, that's probably not true, but it's pretty goddamn bad. Well, how bad do you think it's going to be? Yeah, pretty goddamn bad. Last time this happened, about five years ago. Eh, cleans out the old blood. But here we are in the uh, call-in show today. Hello and welcome, recording on a beautiful... Saturday afternoon in New York City at 3 p.m. until about 4.30 or so, and taking your calls, 3462-JUSCOW, and replaying, obviously, uh, on our regularly scheduled podcast on Tuesday. I mean, how could anything be wrong on a beautiful day like this? That is what we question. I'm uh, recording outside, looking out the window. I see plenty of people walking around. All these rotten kids are playing outside. Uh, I don't know. I know if nobody's supposed to be outside, but the problem is in New York City, what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? We don't have backyards. We don't have front yards. Some people have terraces. Most of the people do not. Actually, the people playing outside, I know they actually all have terraces. So how rude. But they're kids and they got to get some exercise. They're playing hockey. I'm watching the whole thing go down. I'm watching everybody just hang out with each other. There's a lot of people outside because it's a beautiful day. I'm looking down at the water. I see a lot of people outside. I just took a walk outside, too. I mean, what are we supposed to do, right? What are we supposed to do? I know we're supposed to stay inside, but, you know, when you see people and they're outside in their backyards and, of course, their families and they're all together in this. But, I mean, what what are we as New York City folks supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? I don't know, but uh, we are here in the the Lord, as I I, I played up up top. This is all Moses' fault, and uh, he put these plagues upon us, clearly. This must be the 11th commandment. Thou shalt have the coronavirus if thou dost not allow the Hebrews to be free. But we are free. Well, not as... Free as I wanted everyone to be. I thought I made that clear when I wrote the 15. 15 commandments. I mean 10. 10 commandments. So a little history of the world, part one. Try to cheer everybody up because, yeah, it's a gloomy day also. Uh, You know, uh, we'll talk about 
Uh, unfortunately, the uh, the night flies. Um, first casualty of the coronavirus, Adam Schlesinger, the amazing and and very lovely uh, friend of the show, the great musical, talented, unbelievably talented Adam Schlesinger. We've done two podcasts. Um, I'm going to put out again. You know, repost uh, the ones I did. The tributes I did to him before when we weren't even that close and then the fortunate, you know, enough to have him on the show. And it really was um, something special, you know, what a great guy. Well, let's go to our first caller. And it is our good friend, Alga, who I was actually going to have on the show to, you know, with me to do a call in show when things were normal. But uh Hi, Olga. How are you? Uh, yeah, hi. It's hello? Me. Yeah, hi. Hi. <laughs> how are you? Thank Let's you for go. calling. I'm, I'm oh, okay. You sound cool. good. How are you holding up? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's okay. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I know you can't. <laughs> I mean, I talk to you uh, on a regular basis, so uh, I know that you're not having the greatest time of where you're hunkering down is that the correct uh, word i think but, uh... i don't think anywhere is gonna ever be i was actually just like let me write and i realized that it doesn't matter where i am i'm i'm gonna not i'm gonna get crazy you can't run away from it you know uh, yes i i do know we all know but um yeah i don't know i mean uh you know you're posting a lot of good stuff to uh make a, you know with, with your cooking videos which I enjoy very much. I actually like mm-hmm. to see just you cooking a bunch of onions. For some reason, really? that, that speaks to me. I don't know why. So yeah. I will do it for. I will do it. <laughs> Last night I made cauliflower mash, roasted butternut squash, and okra. I'm sorry. I just changed my mind. That sounds disgusting. Um, you know, it's funny because you're why I don't because it sounds healthy and <laughs> I feel like been eating crap. It's healthy and people love it. I know they do, but and I I'm telling you at this point, I need to eat something healthy. I mean, something remotely healthy, some sort of like a, a green pepper or uh, yeah, I don't know, you know, like a, something. Yeah, I just I I'm, I don't tomato. I, I haven't been to the grocery store in two weeks because you know it's like I go for a walk every day, but I. I feel like I've been keeping rather healthy by not going to the grocery store, which seems like it's a, a cesspool of the virus. Are you ordering in? I've ordered in maybe twice or three times, but I made a, a huge mistake, and I wanted to help the local businesses, and the other day I ordered mm-hmm. from McDonald's, which is no help to oh, anyone shoot. whatsoever, including myself. No. But I just... Um, but I guess the people that work there. Yeah, I guess, but you're still really feeding into the corporation but yeah i guess i mean the, a lot of the places right by me have closed anyway except the place across the street and that's um very expensive and i'm not sure if there's stuff plus you the place across the street which i really like this french restaurant they and they're not lovely people um they don't they're not on seamless you know you got to call them up and order and i i can't do that uh. Just can't. I'm done with I that. I like that. I like that better, more than seamless. You like the oh, old you, school you're stuff? Done, you're <laughs> done with the vocals. Like, 
You don't want to get. You don't want to see any human or talk to a human. But I mean, I've been like that for since Seamless happened. Since the greatest invention of all time, which is Seamless, I've been like that ever since because I never wanted to talk to people. I always wanted to get a recorder. I mean, let alone it. It cha- It fixes the. Uh, the speech barrier, so you could call for Chinese food and there's yeah. no issues. And the best part is, of course, you have a written document of what you ordered. So if you call up the place, they can't yeah. argue with you. You're like, no, this is what I ordered. It's clearly here. And if they give you flack and they turn out to be jerk offs, which, you know, used to happen mm-hmm. countless of times, you can call up Seamless yeah. and they at least speak to you in a manner where you can get really? satisfaction in the sense of, sir, I'm so sorry that happened to you. We'll call them like when it first started, they used to call up the restaurants mm-hmm. and say, we're so sorry. We'll call yeah. them up and retrain them. And that's all you want to hear. I didn't even want my money back. You just want mm-hmm. satisfaction. Oh. See, I don't like it. I like to talk to a person, but I think it's because I have weird things. I'm like, OK, could you not make sure there's no butter in it? Like something like that. I'm right. Annoyed, that's true. You know? But in your sense, when you have that specific regimen, you're better off cooking yourself and never ordering out mm. because, you know, that's just it's depending no, on then where I you have call. the places that I know would make things the way I like. Them. Oh, I see. Yeah. Do you have that yeah. now? I mean, in the neighborhood you live in? Mm-mm, well, not here. You're talking where about where you, grew, where you grew up. <laughs> but, you were able to do that. Uh, no, no, Brooklyn, no, no. I no. meant uh, where you're living, where you mostly live. Like, in, you know, I mean, you live in oh, the city. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So you yeah, have places yeah. that will actually yeah. leave out butter. Right. But uh, the only but the only time that I use Seamless is when I'm, like, really, really, really trashed and starving at, like, 6 in the morning. I'm pretty sure that's when we all use Seamless. Uh, it's amazing that oh, you really? use it at six. I mean, I use it at three in the morning. There's this great diner called Sherwood to Go, which I, uh, you know, I which I used in every uh, during Hurricane Sandy. I think I ordered a week really? worth of food from them just to have, Ooh. you know, waiting instead of going to the grocery store. And they're really good and they're really quick. And I've never had a problem right. with them. They usually get everything right. And they're not even right. like a – they're like a diner, but they're not like a sit-down diner. They're just a to-go yeah. place, and they're great, and they have daily specials and dinner specials, and I really like them a lot. And I'll, awesome. I'll call them at 3.30 in the morning and get a grilled cheese sandwich and some zucchini sticks. Nice. Yeah, it's not horrible. So you could have a week of food, week worth of diner food and not, and, and, and not eat it all in one shot. Oh my god, yeah, I'm really I'm ironically really good at that. Yeah. It's difficult really? because I like to just yeah. eat and eat uh and mm-hmm. eat. But uh I mean that's the problem. I, I definitely do have that problem. Uh I ordered a pizza last night mm-hmm. and you know, I woke up around four in the morning, I'm like dreaming about having the rest of the slices in the refrigerator and I, I kept it to one. But yeah. I, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I couldn't even sleep. But now horrible. one isn't even good because now you're going to want more. <laughs> yeah, I know. And right? I wanted more, but I'm trying to not do what I've been yeah. doing the last two weeks where I'm like, screw it. We're all here. But now you really do have to worry about mm-hmm. your health because no one will help you. It, at this point, if I have a heart oh, attack sure. or something or anything oh, okay. wrong, I yeah. can't go anywhere. So, you know, we got to take That's care of true. ourselves. So Ooh, you don't. I didn't even think of that. I know, right? Well, you don't have to. You're young yeah. and healthy. That's not something you're no, supposed to think No, but about. I could I could not drink as much probably. Uh no, I think well, this is the time the for drinking. This is the time for drinking. Oh, really? 
Well, what other time in your particular life was a good time for drinking? I think you were too young on September 11th, but wouldn't you say yeah, this is it? This, this is, is a long run. This could be months. This could be the end of the world. I'm have to this go is the from time you drink. Quarantine into a rehab. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people are going to have to do that. Um, a lot right. of people are going to have to do that. But, you know, uh, when you, your sister makes, um, she always she always posts, you know, she has that uh, catering business, mm-hmm. you know, so she was always posting food all the time, which I like a lot. But yeah. she's got to stop posting those Friday night ones. They just don't look as appetizing. She posted two today <laughs> from clearly the Friday night, the Friday night really? menu, which is not as tasty as the rest of the week, mm. <laughs> they don't look attractive, or maybe because I know it's that so the... funny because the Jews, like I guess my Jews who follow her, are obsessed with Friday night. Re- with the food, yeah. Well, remember Even if it looks horrible when you, like, you, oh you my were, God, it looks so good. Your sister was kind enough to invite me over that time. I didn't like the food as much as I've had her cooking before, and it's been delicious. But the Friday night you food, like the other, yeah, yeah, it's just not worth. And then I realized that's my mother has been making Friday night food every day, mm-hmm. as if every with, yeah, with oh. no taste and no flavor, uh, just to mm-hmm. for some reason, this is what Jews like to do. They like to well, we like to do a weekly suffering, <laughs> yeah. And now why? Yeah. What's the point? Because uh, now it's a whole long Shabbat. Well, I mean, uh, why are we doing it? For what purpose? Why are we doing it? Because of God? Or are we afraid we of like God? God's not being very friendly this week, this month. Mm-hmm. No, it's because we like to complain. Well, that's true. I mean... So the more we suffer, the more we get to complain. I mean, if you didn't know I was Jewish, and you didn't look at me, and you just listened to this podcast, they'd be like, I'm pretty sure he's Jewish. I've never heard somebody complain yeah, so much. Yeah, we cre- yeah, we create scenarios of suffering to complain about that. <laughs> well, I want to take some other callers, Olga. Thank you so much for calling, but I do oh. want to ask you uh, one other thing. What do you think yes. the state of comedy will be in when we get back to whatever we call normal? Okay. I think that, the first of all, all the people that are on, like, social media but aren't, like, real comics but they do shows do you know those like insta famous oh, people absolutely oh, i do i don't know what to call them what do they call them anyway Horrible. i don't think if they're i think people are going to want to see like real comedy like shows like live they're not going to want to see another meme ever god you're like i think so... instagram comedy's done i hope you're right because i can't wait to get rid of these horrible horrible comics um that you know, oh, I'm hoping even this just funny memes and funny videos. No one's going to want to watch it. They want to see live. Mostly, and it, except and, for and uh, I feel like you have to be funny if it's live. You know? Except for anything a cat does, that I'll still be okay with. If there's a cat on a piano or something, you think so? Oh, well, just you me, but I don't think seven else. months you'll <laughs> want to see a cat video. I don't think. Well, so. I will, but I don't know everybody else. So you should get a cat now. Uh, yeah, I know. Now's probably the time, but now I, I'm just glad my cat's not alive to see this. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I kept saying when I got fired from my job. I'm like, I'm just glad Celine is not here to see this. She would have been so disappointed. <laughs> anyway, I'll call you later, okay? Thank you so much for being our yes. first caller today. Really, our first caller, my first caller today. Of I really appreciate it, Olga. You sound Thank good. Thank you. I'll talk to you cool. later. Talk to, yeah, call me later. Okay, bye. 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 
All right. Let's uh, move on. Uh, I, I think it is Joe, but I cannot tell. Let's see what we have. Joe? Hello? Yeah, hey, what's Joe up? Mama. Joe Mama. Just go. Yeah, hey, what's up? Who's this? It's Moss, Mitch, Norrell, and Stu. Shut up. Really? No! Is it? <laughs> is, what up, Justin? Oh, that's Jeff? so awesome, you guys. <laughs> you, you, you couldn't get Alan Gilbert on the line? Wait, let me <laughs> come. Let me come. Let me come. Him, uh, him and Warner will be on the phone in a few minutes. <laughs> you guys were the and first Zook, people. Zook is calling in later. That would be amazing. You guys were the first guys to do the phony phone calls. <laughs> I feel wait, like you invented hey, that. Hey, Jessica, got some talents. Um, and, uh, what's up, Jesse? Just <laughs> it's nice to hear from you guys. You're hey, all calling can we from. Go back to that chick you were talking to about everyday grocery shopping. <laughs> Who was that? That's, Who was on uh, Jessica? That was Alga. She's a, a a comic. She's really good. Oh, that's so. Funny. She was a comic. <laughs> well, I think a lot of the uh, well, she's new. She's new, and I think a lot of the comics aren't as hilarious as they used to be at this point. You know, I never stop, well, but uh, you know how it is. Not fellas. many as funny as you, right? Of course, That's as funny as he ever was. <laughs> when are you going to start, Just Gal? Yeah, I don't know. I guess once this is over, I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to change things around. <laughs> All right, perfect. Well, last way to go, Justy Jeff. <laughs> Last week, hey, uh, this, could, this could be his last live podcast. Last week, I had this nurse on from uh, Columbia Presbyterian. She goes, "Oh, Jessica, you always make me laugh," and I'm like, "Really? No one ever says that." <laughs> <laughs> That's the funniest thing you've ever said. I know. She didn't go to JP Stevens. Clearly, clearly not. Yeah, these are my high school buddies, and uh, and they all uh, also two of them went to college together, and. Three of us went to high school and one college buddy, right? Nora would be the college guy. That's right. 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 Yeah. Correct. How are you guys doing? Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. There's nothing as sweet as this quarantine. The quarantine rules, mofo. (laughs) Well, that's the way I think, but I wasn't sure if anybody else felt that way. Yeah, we're for your football picks, motherfucker. Jessica, we're just surprised that Stu was able to pull off this virus. Actually, <laughs> figures that it figures it would come from him, though. It's all me, mofo. Stu, you're in Florida, right? Yes, I am. You guys were late to the party. I I played a clip yesterday where uh, oh. that guy, the governor, wouldn't close the beaches like the guy in Jaws. Like, now listen, yeah. those beaches are going to be open on That's the Fourth of July, or That's else. We love we love the COVID down here in in Florida, <laughs> and we love massive religious congregations. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> well, I got to say, they ain't too bright in Florida. No, that's right. Duh. That's they got that's the. Why we call it Florida. <laughs> still, you still got it, man. <laughs> Damn it. it seems like Uti Stu should have his own show, I think. He really By should. By the way, Justy Just, I give you permission to use all my material. <laughs> I appreciate that. I've been using a lot of your guys' combined material for a lot of years and giving it to other people. You got Sarah Silverman to still do <laughs> sweet magic. Credit for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of it's really good quality stuff. I talk about you guys oh, on the podcast a lot. <laughs> I mean, all of it. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, I, I listen once in a while, Jessica. I'm still listening once in a while. I know you Not just as much got... as I used to be in the car. 
I know, I know, because I made fun of your son's school. I'm sorry about that. I uh... my my daughter's school. Yeah, you you bad mouth. Oh, school. is her daughter's school? Wait, which one? Didn't somebody go to Penn State? Yeah, he bad mouthed my daughter Penn State. Oh, daughter. sorry. <laughs> right. Well, that was during the Sandusky thing. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're we're a little we're a little bit past that now. He has a daughter. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> right, no, right, Noro. <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you so much for calling. I really appreciate it. I got to get to some other people. I don't think we're done yet. It's nice to hear from you guys. It really is. Over one in twenty minutes. I know, but I got Dave. Good luck with your show. I don't blame you. I'd want to get off this call too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you guys later. Jascal, you rule. Thanks. You rule, Jascal. Be cool. Bye, Just guys. Oh, those are some high school friends. That's so nice. And now my sister's on the phone. I mean, this is just perfect. This is exactly who you want to talk to. What's up, Beth? What's going on? What's up? Thank you for calling. Did you hear um, Mitch and uh, Noro and Mosk and Stu calling? Yes, I did. I've been on hold the whole time they were talking. Isn't that fun? Isn't that cool? Isn't that nice? Totally fun. That was so awesome that they all... You know, I know. The same call. I know, and you know they were like, "Come on, we got to get together and call Jessica." <laughs> you know, they got to. We got to make fun of him. Like, I mean, they've been doing that since what, nineteen eighty two? Well, they, you know, I've been doing it longer. So that kind of comedy, you know, making. Oh, that's true. Well, I mean, do you really feel you have, or did Daddy start the ball rolling? Really on that? Ooh. Okay. All right. You're right. I remember you used to like to come home from college uh, just because they everybody used to like to watch me make get made fun of. That was your favorite thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is that's still a thing. People love making fun of me. It's funny that I'm pretty good about taking it. I've talked about this on the show before. I mean, that's why they like me at the cellar. You know, they just like making fun of me. I'm a good target, and I can take it. Which most comics really can't do. They get upset. It's the only time we ever see Rhoda laugh. Right. I know. Every time I'm... <laughs> I know. It is really funny. Every time uh, something bad happens to me, it's... Ah! <laughs> yeah, she... Our mom she never, never laughs. never laughs at anything else. Nothing so. else. We've never seen her laugh at anything unless something, you know, weird happens to me that's not uh, life-threatening. How can I listen live to you? Like, it wasn't on Spotify. No, no, it's not live. It's, uh, it's only if you call in and you listen, and then uh, it just, we put it out on Tuesday. I don't know. I guess i got to figure that out, and obviously it's easy to do. I could have a, a YouTube live thing or whatever. This is the old school way I was doing it until I figured something out. I didn't want to do a video one because I think people get nervous about calling in if you, you know, maybe video or something, so I wasn't ready for that. This is a podcast, and we just talk like we're on the radio. So this is the only way right, to hear Matt it today. Okay. What? Oh, Matt does? <laughs> yeah, hold on. Okay. He he just gave. Uh, what? what? What character is this? Uh, I don't know. I got sitting here getting COVID bullshit. <laughs> Can I say bullshit? You know, you're the worst podcast guest I've ever had on besides Liza. <laughs> Your material is is uh, very odd. Can you do the Bugs Bunny thing again with the song? <laughs> <laughs> do it. 
Really did it, move the bay. He don't scare him, scoon scare. He sent Sarum a great teeth. He sent better for each week. He don't scare him, got him say. He don't scare him, scoon bay. That is awesome. I gotta tell, I'm smiling ear to ear for thank you for doing that. That's an old Bugs Bunny classic where I guess he's doing, he's like, oh, they're right. He's a, a bunny that's going to be used for a medical experiment, right? Correct. And, and that particular. Oh, Hot Cross Bunny? Is that what it's called? Yeah. And that particular one actually has one of my favorite things, which I do all the time, where he's doing, he thinks he's uh, in a show because it's all these doctors watching, and he's in a wheelchair, and, he, and he, I've been doing this voice for years, but I don't know where it's from, but I've been doing Gentlemen of the jury, you can't send that poor boy to prison. I think that's the same episode. I mean, I guess it was for Ironside, right? I, I don't know. I, that was before that. That was like in the right. 40s or 50s, so it's before the show Ironside. I don't know where it's from. Maybe it's uh, from 12 Angry Men or something. That's, I've been trying to figure out where it's from. If yeah, you know, that's interesting. I did tell Liza to call in, but she's like, Mom, you know I'm banned. Yeah, that's true. She's banned. So uh, That's all right. Well, thank you for calling in, Beth. I'm just going to get to a couple of other callers, if you don't mind. And I really I do not mind. Appreciate... Enjoy the day. Thank you. You too. I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. Oh, wait, wait. One other thing. Are you still there? Yes. Um, yes, I am. Yeah, Beth and I are just to tell everybody we're we're doing the virtual Passover on, uh, you know, I really, see, now that's something we should do live and let everybody join in and see it on YouTube. Right. <laughs> just put the Zoom number on there and let everybody come in. Or just do a live YouTube show with it, with us on Zoom, just like the Comedy Cellar does. Yeah, that would be really funny. <laughs> it's not the worst idea ever. Think about it. Live Seder. Yeah, well, maybe we just do it this way from now on. Oh, that sounds good to me. Any, any, yeah, right. <laughs> I hear you. Um, All right. Okay, I'll talk to you later. Bye. That's my sister, everybody. She's all right. All right. Well, we're moving along, and we're having a good time. And now I'm going to go to Sandra, who I only... Hello, Sandra. Can I speak to Salem? Yeah, Salem the cat? Meow. <laughs> Hello, how are you? We've only communicated Hi. through uh, email before. We've never spoke on the phone or anything, so you've always been very polite and nice and uh, write me when things are blue, and I appreciate um, your corresponding friendship. Well, thank you. Yes, it's nice to I'm hear just, from I'm you. Just excited, I'm excited to talk to you finally. I know. I'm excited to talk to you, too. How are you? How are you holding up? You're in uh, oh. North Carolina, right? Or South? I'm in North Carolina, but we don't have anything compared to what you guys have. We're just... We're in the beginning stages. I guess so, or we've maybe it like, just uh, seems like we've that. We've got like 2,200 cases and maybe only 30 that have passed on. But I'm sure it's going to be getting worse as the days go on. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's what everybody says. New York City's the hotspot, but why wouldn't it be? It has the most people. But uh, Yeah, you're, you, the, you're in the most densely populated place. Yeah, I mean, it'll unfortunately trickle down. But, uh, yeah. you know, I figure places like that where everybody's kind of spacious and spaced out anyway, maybe... Maybe people won't get burned by this. You know, maybe it, it'll be okay because there's a lot more space to social distance yourself in North Carolina than there is in New York City. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I wanted to uh, just tell you how much I've enjoyed some of the the shows you did this year. Uh, from the from the first uh, episode, I really loved the uh, the radio bumpers that uh, your friend Mike. Did. Oh my God, Mike Sauter! Isn't he amazing? He was doing the two hundred and fifty. The one, the one I love the most that I listen to when I'm really sad is is when he goes uh, a show that is relaxing as if it is <laughs> as it is thoughtful, and it's just you 
and 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 a mo- montage of all your voices. You know, you know, you know. What kind of grandmother is this? <laughs> right, just me yelling you and know? screaming. I know. I can't even believe how much time and effort. Well, I asked him how much time and effort he put into finding all that stuff. He said it really didn't take me that long. I'm really good at this. Oh, it was great. It that was great. You and Memo trying to talk about doing a puzzle on the show. <laughs> yeah, that's good radio. Uh, I really, uh, <laughs> I mean, this year you had the great Rock and Roll Hall of Fame rant. Yeah, oh yeah, uh, well, you know, you know how I feel about that. Because you were, you were mad about the fact that Whitney Houston and... Uh, and Torius B.I.G. was going to be in it. Well, and again, I'm like, you know, right. I mean, just... Uh, and what's so funny about that is they're dead, so it doesn't matter if the, if the thing doesn't go on this year anyway. Oh, right. Good point. I forgot about right? that. You right. Know what I'm saying? Uh, Unless they're going to have a hologram, it's not happening. Right. But, of course, the, the, the point of that whole thing, which I'm sure everybody must agree with, is that should Whitney Houston be in a music hall of fame? Absolutely. Does she oh, deserve yeah. to be in a rock and roll hall of fame? No. Look, you got me going again. Are you happy? <laughs> exactly. God, that's amazing what ticks me, what I'm starts me ma- off. I'm just I, mad the fact, well, well, you know me, I, I sent you that email about the doobies. I was so psyched that the doobies were going to make it this year, and then, of course, they sh- the likelihood of that happening is It's, it's funny, I forgot that you mentioned funny. that, and I was just talking to my friend. He was listening to the Doobie Brothers, and I was going to talk about this next week, and this is before Adam died, because I think next week right. maybe we'll do a little another tribute to him because he's just so delightful. Absolutely, but, absolutely. But the Doobie Brothers, we were, I was going to talk about bands that got a new member and changed their entire format, so you really can't... It's amazing. Like I was going to talk about the well, Doobie Brothers because um, the old Black Waters and, and the, the stuff that, uh, that I didn't even know they did, and then as soon as Michael McDonald came in, you couldn't tell that that was still the Doobie Brothers. I mean, it's amazing how they changed. Well, the thing about the Doobies is if they've... they've They've changed so many times. With they had three different lead singers, okay. I mean, they didn't just have Tom Johnston. They had Patrick Simmons, and then they had Michael McDonald. And you know, Michael McDonald was pitched for the group by uh, Jeff Skunk Baxter, who used to play with Steely Dan. You know, oh, is that and right? they had used Michael McDonald as background vocals on some of those classic Steely Dan albums. Well, I think what. So, I, 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 I didn't. I didn't know that. That that makes a lot of sense, though. I mean, his voice now, is unbelievable. Yeah, it, it's like it, there's a through line through all of these groups, and you'd be surprised how many people have played in other bands. And well, I know, but I'm saying like them. somebody like Michael McDonald, who clearly came in songwriting wise, also and influenced the band yeah. in a completely different direction, which was brilliant. Whoever the person who invented the band, like Fleetwood Mac, uh, like Mick Fleetwood, rather, who you know clearly invented the band. And then yeah, said, oh, I'll just let these two songwriters come in and take over because they're really good. See, that's the smart thing. Unlike Stuart Copeland, who's mad at finding Sting and he's still angry, <laughs> you know, like they, they, these guys, this guy's an idiot. These people are so smart. Uh, I think the Moody Blues did the same thing in Starship. I had this written down. Starship, right? You'd imagine that you're singing the song to um, uh, Mannequin 2. And then you go to the White Rabbit. Uh, these are these are the same groups. If you were telling, if I was telling my niece about, it, they're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! This doesn't make any sense." And I'm like, "Yeah, they got a new lead singer, and they changed everything around." Yeah, what? That 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 uh, Hall of Fame show will not be seen. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. So that's a good deal. But uh, I also wanted to thank you for the uh, the the Kenny Rogers tribute. Now, well, that wasn't a really I'm great familiar one. with a lot of Kenny Rogers. Songs from you know because he was he was a pop star as, and as well as con- country crossover yeah, exactly. But 
I'm guilty of saying that the minute they announced his death, the, the one image that stuck in my mind was Kramer sitting on his bed, smacking his fingers with the, the barbecued chicken, and then the light went out across the street yep. from the roasters. Well, that's what we played. And him going, we, and him going Kenny? Yeah. Kenny? <laughs> well, we played that's that. That's all I can uh, think of. Yeah, we played one of the clips from it when he's when he first that's discovers the I chicken. Was, I, yeah. I, we were so in sync because I heard it. I was like, "Ah, oh, he's thinking of the same thing I'm thinking How of." How could you not think about that? That was like the greatest right. episode, and that chicken looks delicious too. And when he's eating in his bed, which is, of course is gross, and that's something I never do. Um, he it looks so delicious. He's having the best time. He's just well, like it's, it's such a strange way to eat. He's so happy, and the bed is shaking, like you said, and he's just so happy, and then it just all it's falls a apart. Classic episode. It really is, and it's just the only thing that would have made it better was to have Kenny Rogers somehow make an appearance. I guess, but that's too obvious. For well, somebody I'm sure. Like that, I'm sure he loved the fact that. They were. They even mentioned the show, and plus, I'm sure he had a fantastic sense of humor. Plus, I loved. I loved uh, um, Newman. Oh, with Newman's his, uh, the greatest. Steamed broccoli. Oh, right, Newman. Vile you wouldn't weed. eat broccoli if it came out and bit you. You know whatever. Right? He's like, vile weed, right? Vile weed. <laughs> quick, a shot of must- honey mustard sauce. Quick. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Newman, one of fantastic. the greatest characters, and uh, it is. I was looking to see how long. You know, he was started from season three, and they obviously just really liked him a lot. Great, great idea to just have a next door neighbor that you know you just really hate because everybody has one. Okay, and mine is Tony. Well, I don't Amber want to take too oh. much more of your time because I know you probably have a lot of other calls. I do have some other callers. It's no big deal, but it's so nice to speak with you finally, Sandra. Thank you so I much have, for um, calling. Can I can I give you a trivia question before I leave? Are you kidding? Please, you just said the magic word. Thank you. Yes. Okay. All right. Are you ready for this? It's this is a Brady Bunch trivia question. I'm sure you'll get it. I but, better um, that, that I know everything about. Yes. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Of course. You know the show had their share of guest stars. You know they had Davy Jones, Joe Namath, and even actors from uh, uh, Gilligan's Island. Right. Of course. Uh, but here's the question: They even had two child actors from an Oscar-winning Best Picture. And they both appeared on separate episodes, two separate episodes. Can you name the film? It was an Oscar-winning Best Picture that two child actors who were in that movie appeared on two separate Brady Bunch episodes. It's definitely not the girl who played uh, Felix's daughter in The Odd Couple, Pamela Ferdin. It's not her. But of course, right. first I got to figure out who the kids who won the Oscars are because usually I'm pretty good about. Well, like, they didn't win. They didn't win the Oscars, but they were in a Oscar-winning oh. Best Picture. Oh, then I have no okay. idea. You'll have to. Yeah. Two, in other words, there were two child stars who were in an Oscar-winning Best Picture. Tell me what the uh, picture is, and I'll try okay, and guess okay, the episode. Oh, well, all right, I'll give you a hint. It's a musical. Oh, Oliver. Nope. Okay, so wait. Just give me the film, and I'll try and guess the episode. Oh, you! Oh, you! Oh, you want because that was because the question is, can you name the film? Well, I guess I can't. <laughs> okay, all right. Here's the film, Sound of Music. Oh, then I know it's Nicholas Hammond uh, uh-huh. as uh, the guy who, of course, uh, ladies and gentlemen, says, uh, um, "Unfortunately, my aunt has gone out of town. Something suddenly came up." Right. Yes, Doug I, Simpson. Nick, Nicholas Hammond, Doug, Doug Simpson, Simpson, big man on campus uh, from the Sound of Music, and. The other one is Veronica Cartwright? No. Damn it. Angela Cartwright. Is that her name? No. Damn. Uh, from The Sound of Music. All right. I don't know. Okay, What's I'll the give, other one? Do you want me to give you another hint? No, just I'll tell me you, who it I'll is. I'll give you the episode. Okay. Okay. It was Cyrano de Brady. 
and it's got a, it's a great uh, one where Greg is helping out uh, Peter. Pete. Yeah, I remember try that to, uh, Yeah, I remember who's uh, that girl. I can't remember. I can't think of her name. Uh, all right, I don't know. What's the name? Her name is um, Kim Karras, and she played Gretel. Oh, I never and would have guessed that. She played the love interest to, to, uh, to um, Peter, right. and that's when he did the Cyrano thing, and it didn't work, and then they had to come up with a, <laughs> yes. uh, a way to, to make him look like a creep. Yeah, and that's I, when Marsha had to wear that wig. I remember, and that's, and that's my sister under a wig. Boy, I would never treat a girl like that. I'd treat her exactly. like, what would you treat her like, Peter? Well, I'd, I'd treat her like a queen. Peter, will you walk me home? I can't believe I just remembered all the goddamn lines, but I couldn't remember Gretel from The Sound of Music. Well, you can't blame me for that. But Nicholas Hammond was my hero because he was also Spider-Man in the live-action TV series. Correct. All right, I got to go, Sandra. I got a lot of people on the line, and thank you so much for calling. Excellent trivia. I'll talk to you later. Thank you for taking my call. Of course. Bye. Bye. Okay, well, that was, uh, I love that kind of trivia. I think uh, we're talking to Stu, my cousin. Is this correct? Yes, it is, man. Hello. I know, you've been asking to be on the podcast forever, so I appreciate you calling in today. It's a perfect time. It's like a dream come true. I'm so blessed. (laughs) Of course it is. What else wouldn't it be? Right. I mean, uh, actually, I have somebody looking at um, Kyle calling about the Jets. (laughs) <laughs> and the state of oh. sports radio. That'll be a good call coming up. Oh. I'll get to you in a second, Kyle. But, uh, yeah, what about – yeah. Big recommendation for you. Um, you know how the NFL, you can sign up and watch you know old NFL games. And so what I'm doing is going back, like, 2016 and just, like, scrolling through and not looking at the screen because it tells you the score. And this hitting, a, you know, a game and then watching it because I don't remember a game from, like, four years ago, week two like watching live tv you know i guess i don't you know for me because i'm a gambling addict um i can't stand the fact that you know i might have lost money on that game or something so it just brings back bad memories for me (laughs) although i suppose i could um i could probably sit through when the jets beat the patriots in the playoffs to go to the afc championship i could probably sit through that again especially uh bart scott going uh uh do you play the uh wait yeah, but what yeah. is it? What are they playing next? They the Steelers. The we, we can't wait. Right? Yeah, that was amazing. Can't wait. Yeah, yeah that, that boy was, was that, that great. Or I could probably well, every year. I could probably the watch the uh, Monday Night Miracle. Maybe those kind of things. Yeah, that Jet, was on. Jets wise. Yeah, I bet it. Well, why wouldn't it be? One of the Jets got like you know four good things. <laughs> Maybe you could watch the Super Bowl three, the midnight the yeah. midnight midnight miracle. I think it's called right. Or is it Monday Night Miracle? Monday Night Miracle. And, and that AFC yeah. championship. Other than that, uh, I, don't, I don't know whether I want to sit through a lot of that Ken O'Brien stuff. What a douchebag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a miserable life. You know, I tell people, I say, how could you be a Jet fan? I say, it builds character. And when we finally win it, whenever that might be, it's going to be a great party. We might be in wheelchairs. But yeah, well, exactly. I mean, party. that's the thing. I'm sure the people that actually saw the first one, well, they're probably dead. Or in wheelchairs. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, I mean, we were—I yeah. was alive during the first one, but I was very small, and I didn't understand uh, that this wouldn't happen again. And that's why. Yeah, my dad. You, my dad used to say, "You were there. You were there." I was like, I "Remember <laughs> shit back then, Dad?" I was like, "One." Well, you that's I mean? also the uh, Sandra who called before about the Brady Bunch. It's funny. I've always talked about how it was unbelievable in the Brady Bunch that Bobby Brady had a picture of one of the New York Jets in his room in California. You know, which you'll never see again that anybody's yeah. going to have a poster of the Jets anywhere else except here. 
Because I would think if you move away, you want to change your allegiance immediately <laughs> just so you can have more fun with your life. I mean, I can't yeah, believe that. Yeah, I, listen, I, I believe green, as you know, always have. I do. Uh, but it's a, it's a life of misery. And that's why, did you see Curb Enthusiasm uh, this year when the uh, – yeah, it was Barry great. Slater wasn't that it was great? great. He killed himself. Couldn't and take not the only that, like, I got all the jokes. Like, how many people across the country really got it all? I mean, so like, I felt like privileged. Yeah, it was great, and it's it great that Larry David obviously knows about. He must be a Jets old Jets fan. He's from New York and everything, so he must know about the suffering. He know he certainly knew a lot of information that he posed into like one sentence, one great paragraph of uh, material, which of course, as you know, is never written. So he had to memorize it all. So. Probably yeah, coming right out of his head and even going up to the mono, which, of course, was the uh, most epic, of course, of all things to classic Jet shit when the quarterback gets yeah, the no. new, the brand new savior of the franchise gets mono and can't play for yeah. the first six weeks. And they actually probably would have made the playoffs had he been playing. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, like, it was, you know, before the season, you're like, oh, I like Darno. He's going to be good. The Jets are being, they're going to be good this year. I'm like. Listen, man, shut up, you <laughs> yeah. know, because I've been a Jet fan way too long. Something weird always happens. Like when Vinny Testaverde, you know, popped his Achilles. On the first you know, game. Uh, the first game. The first uh, Foley, the right? Year, the year prior, they went to the AFC Championship Wasn't game. Wasn't that Fo- Glenn and, you know, Foley? Because well, we they were all like, – right, right. It was like it was like that Simpsons thing where they like um, – and here come the New York Mets, and they and uh, for the first pitch of the yeah. season, they hit the ball, and they're like, and the season is over. Because <laughs> yeah. that's exactly what happened. The first play, he hurt his knee, and then uh, Glenn, yep. didn't Glenn Foley have to come in after that? It was the season was over. Season yeah, was over. Well, I think they put like Tom Tupa in the punters back oh, up. My and God. They had right. some other loser. Why are we trying to depress you know, ourselves? We need to cheer everything up. So uh, this yeah, is, let's, this let's is the worst. Winning the worst phone yeah. call. Let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. They're awesome. <laughs> yeah. If they yeah, can win, know, uh, it was know, supposed hey. to. If you win Super Bowl four, and then you win Super Bowl fifty four. Um, yep. Shouldn't we have won Super Bowl Fifty Three? We really messed up good. Yeah, well, it's really not good. I mean, you think about it. Like when we were growing up in kids, uh, New Orleans, you know, they sucked. You know, they were like one of the worst. You know, and now yeah. now they're good. They're Even great. that sucked. The Patriots were bad. Now now they're champions. You oh know, my god, I don't want to talk world about world class team. Anyway, it's, it's it's a horrible. Still, I am going to move on. I'm going to take this other Jets call, and then we'll move on from the sports. I don't know how many people are interested. In I, that, love so you, I love you, Dave. I love you too, man. I hope you're okay. Hello, okay. Hope you and Sue are Be okay well. and your kids. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye now. Bye. Yeah, let's uh, let me go to Kyle. He's talking about he wants to talk about the Jets. Just for we'll keep uh, the keep it up for a second. Hello, Kyle. How are you? Dave, what's up? How you doing? Good. I'm nice to hear from you. I, glad, I was just talking to my cousin about the Jets, so I figured I'd just keep it going. I was going to say, well, you, 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 your cousin's stealing my topic. You only got your whole life. You don't have anything else to talk about? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know my whole life. He married into the family, so I – well, I mean, I've known oh, him okay, now for, like, okay. over 20 years. But, uh, yeah, we, we – I mean, we bonded definitely on being Jets fans. That's the easiest bonding thing to do, even though it's pathetic. That makes sense, married. That, that's like a conversation. I just listen to a conversation you hear at, like, like at a holiday. You're just, like, talking to your in-laws. You just talk sports. That's so, Okay, but that's fair. I, I get that. Exactly. I get that. Well, uh, I mean, we like talking about sports and getting high. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That was our favorite holiday Re- talk. Relatable topics. I like it, too. Uh I'm curious. I, I'm a, are you are you a big sports radio guy? I am a huge sports radio guy, and this is killer because what I listen to is Howard Stern all the time. And when he's not live, all I listen to is sports radio, especially late at night because it's live. 
and I like the live aspect of it, you know, falling asleep to it, or I really listened to it all night. Um, so this is what, horrible. What, 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 oh, okay, I thought you were going to say you liked it. I, I can't stand No, it's horrible because, about... right, because now they're just talking about the virus. There's nothing to discuss. Today I was listening to the sports radio because I wasn't interested in what Howard was talking about. You know, they're talking about the virus, I'm trying to escape from the virus. So finally on the sports radio today they were talking about uh, but Tom Brady and where he's moving to, and at least that was something I could get away. Exactly, right, right. it's horrible, right? Because we just there's you can't get away from the virus talk, which makes sense, of course. But yeah, there's no sports talk either to take you away from it. I, I think what they're doing with like you, you mentioned, Ken O'Brien earlier, they're kind of going through like classic games and talking about you know the the. I listen. I'm a big Joe and Evan fan on 660. So the other. Oh, me too. About, no, know, me too. Joe Beningo is yeah, is I, the guy. That's why. That's why I was talking about late at night. I think I don't know if you've oh, heard. Uh, yeah, about three weeks ago, I was talking about um, what's the name of the the Italian place that he used to promote all uh, uh, the place that's in the Anthony's Full Fire Pizza. No, no, the place that's in the uh, Irishman. Um, uh, oh yeah, yeah. The place yeah, that was yeah, open yeah, till three in the morning. Why can't I think of it now? The Italian place that was open. You get the mild, sweet, and hot sauces, and it was open till three. Uh, Umberto's Clam House, right, right. And how he used to promote that. I love Joe and F. Joe Beningo's great, but now you know they're all all the hosts are all mixed up. Joe Beningo was on at six o'clock this morning because they're all doing Isn't it from their really? house. Yeah. Oh, I don't listen during the weekends. I'm a big like Monday to Friday guy, but like I, I can't stand how they're going through the. That's worse than the. I'd rather them talk about the NFL draft and coronavirus than them talk about like Ken O'Brien throwing. Six oh, me picks too. Nineteen Me too. It's absolutely absolutely terrible. It's troubling, and and it's funny because I like I do really enjoy sports radio, but I and I only listen to the fan, the sixty six. But what I do hate about it is that they only talk about New York sports. I mean, I know that's what you want in a station. They usually only talk about the Yankees. That drives me insane. I would, I do like other stations that talk about college football and other teams, you know, but which the fan does not do. But Joe Benengo is one of the greatest hosts of all time. He's hilarious. He was a, a call. I mean, I know, you know, but I'm just telling everybody else. He was a caller that called in and uh, like won a contest. And now he's like a huge uh, star there at the uh, fan. He's been there like 20 years already. He's terrific. Right. And he's a huge, yeah, I, long-suffering Jets fan and Mets. Oh, yeah. You want you want to talk about like commiserating and just like there, there was days. Though, I, I used to be. I I, I liked them when Joe just moved from the ten to one spot to the two to six spot during the week. Right. They took and the Mike Francesa spot. As much as I loved him and Evan together, there were some times where he just sounds so miserable. Oh, yeah, so of course. Yeah, well, you, he, had, you, you have to go to you know, a different station for a minute. Yeah, I, I know, but that, that's the time you want to actually hear him when the Jets have a bad game or even the Knicks or something. You, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Week, week, week one to six, it, it's funny. If by week eight you start feeling bad for the guy, right, by week right. ten you're like, just put a bolt in this guy's head. But it's like that's who, we just, want, that's who we want on the air so we can commiserate together. Right, right. So in that sense, it's get, like get, um, get the voice out there. that we're all getting. Anyway, Kyle, thank you so much for calling. I just I just want to get to some other callers. I'm sorry. I don't mean oh, to be absolutely. rude or anything. Thanks for taking the call. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for calling. I love talking about the Jets. <laughs> all right. Talk to you one. later. Bye. Uh, yeah, we're just making our way through. I hope everybody's okay waiting online. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to talk to my friend. I think it is it... Uh, let me see what I got here. Oh, is this working now? Oh, here we go. Uh, hi. Uh, is this Ankara, maybe? 
Hello? Is this oh, Merv? Blanca. Oh, this yeah. Hi. Carl Balanca. Oh, Carl Balanca. Oh, my God. How are you? We need, in times like this, we need a little magic power, Dave. Oh, my God. You're right. How can I forget about that? I guess you're you right. Know? We need a little triumph. This is Carl Balanca. I've talked about him. Well, you know what we I got? Do. You know how I leave my show every day is through Sammy Hagar. Uh, uh, there's only one way to rock. That's how I close out each show. That's right. I even did that well, with I'm the really guy. I'm really bummed out. Be- no, go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna. I was gonna say I'm really bummed out because I've got my Sammy Hagar ticket. So this year, the big tour was Sammy Hagar, White Snake, and Night Ranger. <laughs> That's right. I saw that, and now it's canceled. But now, well, I don't know. Well, some of the shows are, but uh, White Snake's gone because David Coverdale is having hernia surgery. So he's, he's probably only 70. You know? I, I, he might be, he was old. <laughs> he was old in the eighties. He was like already in his forties in the eighties, wasn't he? Cause he was already from another band and had a, re, a, a resurgence with white snake in the eighties. Right. Yeah. We got to figure that out. Now he, Sammy he might be almost 72. 80. <laughs> right. If Sammy's 72, <laughs> David Coverdale could be in his eighties. I know, and there's nothing else coming on behind it. What are we going to do? I don't, you know, after all these legends are, are, are gone, you know? Let me tell you something, Carl. I just want to tell you something. I don't know whether you listen to the podcast at all normally, but I talk about you all the time. Uh, that's why I was playing Magic Power, and, of course, I talked about you when I talked about yeah. And then when I talk about Sammy Hagar, I talk about you because you got to actually meet him and spend time with him, and I know he's your favorite. And that's I think about that all the time that you actually got to meet one of your heroes, <laughs> and that that made me so and happy. On, and, and be on stage live. So that so what in one of his concerts, the tickets were two hundred bucks, and they only sold ten of them. So you had to go online right at midnight to get them, and and we got them. And you went on stage, and. Um, there were um, you stood right behind the drum set. So there were bleachers. Wow. And you watched the concert right on stage. And it was incredible. But didn't you also spend time with them? And like, I feel like you spent time with yeah. them in Cabo and you drank with him and stuff. <laughs> Is that, yeah, so did before, I make that up in my head or <laughs> no? Be, so before that concert, part of the ticket experience was you went backstage, him and the band came out. He's drinking tequila with him. He's going through the set, trying to figure out what he's going to open up with. Oh, my God. And you're, like, collaborating with the whole Shut band. Shut up. That's amazing. Like, that is a good yeah. experience. That's yeah. worth $200. That's worth more than that. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, my God. That's so cool. Yeah. What a great – man, I fucking love him, and I prefer Van Halen with him. So I think you and I might be the only ones that seems to be heresy for a lot of people. But I always and you always oh, told God. me you always tell, you don't have no, no idea how much you've influenced my life um, just with Triumph, of course, alone. But I'm just saying with Sammy, when he joined the band, when we knew each other, when he joined the band and you said, I like Sammy Hagar anyway. So now it's Sammy Hagar with a better band. Everybody can go fuck themselves. Damn right! You were you were on the number one album. Plus, there's something about uh, there's something else you said. You you really you have no idea how much I remembered about the stuff you used to tell me. (laughs) You went to a Kiss concert in I guess Rochester while we were in school, or maybe I had already graduated. And you told me you went, and it was on a Monday night. I've never forgotten this, and it was a Monday night, and I know this because 
you kept saying that Gene Simmons just kept yelling out, Man, you people are sick. We're getting together on a Monday. We're having the best time. You people are crazy. Fuck you. You know, but but it was a good fuck you. Like, like this is the best. Like, Gene Simmons was having a good time in Rochester with the energy that was the, everybody was giving out on a Monday night. I'll never forget you told me that because that's what I wanted to do when I was opening for Sarah Silverman in front of like 2,000 people. It felt like I could think about it. I was like, you people are sick hanging out on a Thursday night. What's the matter with you people? But I thought it would come out as just being rude, you know, like they weren't going to get like, no, no, no. This is my friend Carl told me that this is what Gene Simmons used to do. Like, that's what I wanted to say on stage. And he can't get all that out. You people are sick. And sometimes I still do that on stage. When, if I do a show on a Monday, I can't not. In fact, I've done it before at the comic strip live. I've been there before, and I say, "You people are sick coming out on a Monday." And I'm like, "I'm just doing my friend Carl. One friend Carl Blanca explained to me what I never even saw the concert. I just remember what you told me. It was amazing. Oh man, I know. I remember I came Good back time. to college once, and you know, you were still there, and I came back, and I'm like. And, you know, you guys moved into a house together with all the, you know, the great guys we know that, you know, we got to see in New York yeah. when you guys came around. And uh, I was like, wait, have you guys heard the new Bon Jovi Slippery one wet? And they're like, oh, please, that's played out already. You know, and I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was behind the times already. I was only a year older. I was, <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that's cool. I mean, uh, yeah, we'll listen to the White Snake one again. That's cool. <laughs> I felt older already. I think I was 22 and I already felt out of, uh, well, you've heard Slippery when wet? <laughs> <laughs> but how are you uh how are you and your family doing i mean how it is you still i mean you're still in rochester right i mean yep still is, in it, rochester, is it bad and, uh, up there you know i mean in comparison to what's happening in the city obviously not but you know there's been i mean really just you know, like 14 deaths and you know four or 500 people, uh, hospitals. I was just with my daughter who her friends work at the hospital and they were just there and it's manageable here. So nothing like what's going on where you are. That's, that's crazy. But your uh, kids and your wife are okay. You doing all right. Yep. Everybody's, everybody's doing, everybody's doing fine. Thank you. Well, thank you, Carl, for calling in. I cannot tell you how much it means to me. It's really great. Great talking to you too. I will. uh, I mean, you were the one, the, Rock of Ages, that was all you. You had that idea, man. I did? Oh, I had that idea of, uh, you mean, doing that show or? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Sure. <laughs> I you know? know, but that was fun. I'm glad we all got together. That was super cool. I, but uh, now no one will ever come to New York City again, so I guess that's it. Well, at least we have that memory. <laughs> all right, right, I'll good. talk to you later. T- tell right, your man. wife I said hello. Hey, good talking to you. Okay, Thanks. bye. Bye. Oh, man, this is so great. I'm so excited to talk to everybody. I'm finally getting to uh, my pal Joe Messina. Hello. What's up, Dave? I, uh, how are you doing? Thank you for holding. I'm so sorry that it's, uh, you know, but oh, no, no, no problem. I have comments about the callers. Yes, please. Please say whatever you <laughs> so, like. So when Sandra, when Sandra did her trivia question, I was hoping you were going to say the girl who says Seattle. Oh, I forgot about that. Do you mean Seattle? <laughs> I know I can probably play those clips, but I don't think anybody can hear them because I'm not working with Zoom and uh, you can't share the computers. But see, yeah, that's exactly what I uh, was maybe saying. you know what I'll play it. I'll edit it in, uh, maybe uh, so okay. everybody can hear. See, <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, I also want to mention when I got on, I cannot believe you let Beth Casper on. 
I know she's your sister, but I thought she was banned from the podcast. No, Liza is completely banned from the podcast. Beth still can be on the podcast. But as you can see, Matt really has nothing to say. It's funny because he's always like preparing for the podcast and then he comes on and he's horrible. <laughs> like he's doing that old voice. Yeah. But then he pulled out the Bugs Bunny <laughs> thing, so we let it go. And he is a damn oh, good cook. Oh, you didn't hear that part? He goes, Hayden Dudden, Hayden Dudden. <laughs> he knew <laughs> all the lines from Hot Cross Bunny. And that was pretty impressive. So, you know. But That's uh, cool. how are you and your family doing? Thank God everyone's doing okay. Everyone's doing fine. I know Joe Messina is um, outside. Oh, she yeah. is. Oh, that's nice. You have a nice big problem. Yeah, she's there. sitting in the back of her car, doing a, uh, I, I would assume with some friends or something, and she's having a, a little party in the back of her car. She's got the hatch open. She's sitting outside. Oh, I know how I love being in that car. We, we, me and your daughter have hung out in the car before. Just uh, look, you know, <laughs> being on the phone and chatting. You know, like I mean, it, it, like uh, I know, like zooming, or whatever, which must look have looked very awkward that day, looking out the window, like what the hell are they doing in that car for an hour? And, it, <laughs> and it, you're like, should we be leaving just go? And your wife is just like, what are you talking about? Grow up! It's you know, <laughs> but you, you you know the the far darker True. stuff than Jocelyn knows, I guess. You know, which of course I whatever, but it's creepy. But uh, it was funny. I mean, just made up. But we were just like comparing like she was we were just looking at stuff on instagram on the phone it was funny she loves being in the car she's 17 it makes a lot of sense everybody loves being in their own car when you're 17 get out of the house it's a place to have them you're i mean no, nothing's better than having a car when you're 17 right it's true yeah yeah but you know what it's different now i think a lot of kids aren't in a rush to get their license she really was i noticed that all over the place but but like my sister's kids, they they neither of them have a license. Well, that's not fair though. They live in uh, New York City, and you grew up they live in New in York Brooklyn. City. Yeah, that, that's different. That's different. Why yeah, anybody in Jersey in would not be in a rush to get their license? I don't understand. I couldn't wait because for me, it obviously meant freedom, getting away from my dad, being able to do all this stuff, and that's that's what it stood for. So I got it on my actual seventeenth birthday. I mean, I could not wait. But, yeah, as far as my nieces and nephew go, they didn't seem to care at all. Yeah, 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 which is weird. And isn't, who's the bad driver? Is it Dory's the bad driver? Oh, Dory's horrible. Liza? Uh, Dor- no, Liza's not bad. Uh, Dory's absolutely horrible. Oh, Dory. Yeah, she's just horrible. <laughs> she's, uh, yeah, she's just really bad because uh, I don't think she likes to drive. I think that's a thing. She has a horrible sense of direction. And I think she's always second-guessing what her move would be. So as smart as she may be, which we know she is smart, um, she's really stupid when it comes to driving because she can't make decisions. So this uh, could be problematic if she actually you know, was driving all the time. Fortunately, she's not. If you can't make decisions, yeah, uh, that, I mean, that's the one thing I'm good at, as you know, is driving. And I have a lot of patience, and I'm different. The way I run my regular life is not the way I drive. I'm... I'm good at making decisions in the car and behind the wheel, and I have a lot of patience. And for some reason, that that's not my normal existence. <laughs> do, do you think it's because you have a TV set in the front seat of your car? or I think it has something to do with that. I really enjoy just being in the car. You know, I mean, I love that van. Yeah, I love that fucking car. I love that car. You know, like, what didn't I tell you? Not to make any big moves until anything. I'm like, I love that fucking car. I love that fucking car. It's like, no, 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 no. Joe, the car is in my mother's name. It was a wedding gift. It's it's not a big deal. That's what I want to say to you every time I go. <laughs> no, you don't understand. The car is in my mother's name. It's a wedding gift. It's, are you being a wise guy? Are you being a wise guy with me right now? No, it's, I'm sorry. I thought, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, 
I'm sorry. <laughs> huh? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, casino's <laughs> on right now, by the way. Oh, it is? Who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> I was walking down the street earlier and Joe called me and uh, some guy was, uh, I guess, singing or talking or, you know, while I was walking by. And he goes, who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> well, just walk by there. You, you're not social distancing. How come I can hear somebody else? Exactly. Yeah, I know. Well, anyway, uh, have you talked to Cousin Frankie today? He called me the other day, so I'm glad he's. Uh, we talked for a while, so it was okay. Yeah, I, I try to call him earlier and um, he's like, yeah, I, I got to go. I'm like, all right, whatever. Yeah, I guess I he's, having, he's, he's having a hard time. This is the first time he actually has to actually spend time with his wife. I know we uh, are all supposed to say that. Oh, he loves being married, but uh, I'm not so sure. <laughs> well, no, it, it's, it's a good question. So is his wife posting still pictures that they're in love with being in love? Or yeah, they, they seem to stop. So I don't know, you know. But, oh, uh, questionable. Hmm. What are you having for dinner tonight? This is my favorite thing. Joe just well, told I, me I he just ate sloppy question, Joe's last I night. Say, oh. Sorry to interrupt. I, I, I should send you a picture of what she made for lunch. She made homemade um, sloppy joe. That was incredible. Yeah, you told me that's what I was just saying. You, you t- I didn't know that was for lunch. Oh, I thought sorry. that was last night's dinner, and no, you don't lunch. know what's for tonight. I, you're so lucky. Joe's wife just cooks. Well, that's what she does. I mean, she doesn't work. She cooks and gets dinner ready. <laughs> like, I mean, old. I mean, it's not like she minds or anything. I mean, it's just like she just cooks amazing, and. Uh, that's the one thing that's really bad about this. I can't come over and have a meal with you guys. I love her cooking, and she always makes all, my favorite thing, which is a lot. Exactly. <laughs> that's my and favorite she food category. Favorite she always does. I mean, and the funny thing is, you guys were like set in a bunker if this happened anyway. Uh, you know, we always take tours of the uh, supply room. Uh, you know, you've, you've been prepared for this for like 10 years. So uh, and this wasn't and you weren't even preparing for anything. You just happen to stock up. That's just what you do. Brilliant. This is what she does. Yeah. And actually, you should see it now. It's, it's, it's probably five times worse than you last seen it. Wow. Well, five times better. It's always very entertaining. To take exactly. People on the tour. Yes. Yeah. I have enough toilet paper for the entire town. That's fantastic. All right. <laughs> I uh, will talk to you later. Thank you for calling. I'll, I'll All right, take, talk to you later. Take on. it easy, Jessica. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Joe Messina, everybody, our good friend. Let's talk to Gabriel now in Canada. Hi, Gabriel. How are you? How are we doing, Dave? How are you holding I'm up? Good. I'm sorry I kept you on hold now that I think about it. This, this costs money for you, doesn't it? I wasn't thinking. I'm sorry. I forgot. Well, uh, yeah, a little bit. It's not a huge deal. Don't worry about it. I, you know, in this day and age, I'm not thinking of that. You know, like, I mean, yeah. if, if this was 1975, I would have felt horrible. But uh, it is funny when my sister and I talk about how we used to have to call our mother after 11 because the rates were cheaper. Right. <laughs> but, but uh, only because no, I don't I, have an I 800. I was like, I'm old enough to remember those days. I could have gotten an 800 number, so it had been free. I'm like, well, what's the point of getting an 800 number anymore? Everything's free. But I forgot people from calling from out of the country, so I apologize. Yeah. Well, I, I was actually supposed to be in the U.S. This was supposed to be my scheduled vacation before all this happened. Oh, is that right? I was uh, going to go. Vi- well, I was going to go visit my uh, lady friend there in uh, Minnesota. I was going to take like the scenic route. I was going to go through like Chicago. I was going to go through Nebraska and come back up to uh, uh, Minnesota, and uh, yeah, now the, now the boat oh, is closed. I think, uh, actually, this uh, thing is great, because that sounds like a horrible trip. <laughs> yeah. You just mentioned and, the two and, worst well, places on the planet. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, uh, like, I'm a find-a-grave uh, contributor. So, oh, yeah, that's right. You uh, are, like, aren't was... you? That's so funny. I, you know, it's like you're not even joking, right? You're actually a find-the-grave. Yeah. Do you know, wait, um, 
Were you the one that told me about Dudley Moore? Yeah, Dudley Moore's in New Jersey. I think he's around where my sister lives or something. It's kind of funny. Yeah, I, let me... I guess I, I'd, like, me... I'd like to go there, pay tribute with a glass of scotch and some ice. Yeah, let me look up uh, where he is. So I was, uh, <laughs> looking it up. I was looking so up uh, Harry Harrison the other day. Like, I'm, oh, I'm where's he working back. <laughs> Harry Harrison, uh, same... W-A-B-C. Same cemetery as uh, Don Pardo. <laughs> that what is that? Just a cemetery where they house people that have great speaking voices? Am I going to be uh, housed there? Maybe. Hello. Must must <laughs> it's be. Harry Harrison, Don Pardo, and Dave Juskow are all there, and Spider Harrison. That's hilarious. Uh, here, here we are, Hillside Cemetery in Scotch Plains. Yeah, that's that. My sister lives around there. That's so funny. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go there. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's one of the places I could go during this virus is a graveyard. That's probably one of the places where they're okay with uh, you showing up. Yeah, I, it, I think it depends. It's regional because they uh, they close them in the U.K. because, like, you know, they have funerals there, too. They, they're sorting out that mess. and So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, uh, call a, I'd call ahead. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to call ahead. I'm just going to go, but uh, that, let's not talk. Yeah. This is the worst conversation to have during while everybody's talking. I, I understand. <laughs> hey, with I know. It's my fault. I brought it up. Well, I that's, think, so. that's, just, that's just it. Well, if I would have gone to Nebraska, I would have seen Sandy Dennis and uh, Ann Ramsey. Sandy Dennis can suck it. I fucking hate her. I've always hated her, and we got into a huge fight, and she can go fuck herself. Thank you. Just because okay. somebody's dead doesn't mean they were great. You know what I'm saying? I understand. Oh, and I would have seen Bullet and Trigger too. They're on display at a I don't uh, know. at a TV station. You're not in talking Omaha. about the horse, uh, are Roy you? Rogers' dog. Oh, you are talking yeah. about that. Oh my goodness, you're out of your mind. Yeah, but uh, yeah. yeah, Sandy Dennis but, and I got into a huge fight in the '80s. She was my acting teacher, and she was such a bitch. Yeah. I really couldn't stand okay. her. It sounds like what Sorry, are you doing over there? Yeah, what's going on over there? Oh, it's just uh, what is it? Uh, like I, I was, uh, I'm, I'm on paid leave for the past two weeks. I'm over at uh, my uh, folks. What are you trying to make everybody jealous that you're on paid leave? Yeah, <laughs> well, it's, it's uh, like you know, I'm, I'm unionized, and uh, oh. uh, what was it? Uh, yeah, I guess the Monday afternoon. Like I, I had the day off anyway, just because I have a flexible schedule. And uh, my uh, team leader called me, said, uh, "Yeah, we're non-essential," and uh, just. So it's bad, Gabriel. It's bad in Canada too. Then is that correct? It's it's not as bad. Uh, I think we're getting like twelve hundred new cases a day, but it's not exponential growth. It's constant. Right, right. And uh, so wait, you were going to possibly play a little that thing you do on what was it? Yeah, ukulele or was that what it was? Yeah, I I, uh, I have two ukuleles. I have uh, you think you, know, you could one play I a little uh, with, and I have a little verse to commemorate the great yeah, Alan Schlesinger. Yeah, and uh, my my condolences uh, for you. Uh, you know Lucy. I don't know how close you were to Adam, but I was very close with him. Very close. In fact, uh, we're going to talk yeah, to it, Mike Sauter in a second. He's on the line. I'm going to call. I'm going to take his call in a second, uh, and we'll talk about okay. him a little bit. So there would be a fitting yeah, tribute I, if you could play a little bit of my favorite song that he did, which is that thing you do. Yeah, I'll play about thirty, forty seconds of it. Yeah, uh, good, he's uh, go ahead. Well, I appreciate the work he did for the monkeys. So it's the you know at least oh, I can wasn't do. Wasn't that great? And remember, we had him oh. on. We went over that whole Christmas album. 
Yeah, yeah, and I own Good Times. Uh, uh, Chelsea gifted me that, and it's a wonderful album. It's a, it's amazing, which prompted the Christmas. You know, how about a guy who uh, you know is such a good producer as well, let alone a talent in music writing and a musician, but he's such a good producer. He produces yeah. in 2016 an album with you know three of uh, you know crypt guys you know from their 80s and one dead guy produces this brilliant album uh the, which the monkey's yeah. good times that it critically appraised and really is amazing we played it before and then it's so good that they ask him to do let's do a second one let's do a christmas album i mean that's how good it was that's how good this guy was as a producer too so sing the song right now or play the song for us now absolutely no problem so uh do it as best i can You doing that thing you do, breaking my heart into a million pieces, like you always do. And you don't mean to be cruel, never even knew about the heart That's a that was great. Thank you so much for that. It's still even in that form, it still makes me happy. I want them to sing the, uh, you know, the uh, uh, harmonies and stuff. It, it's he was so good. You did a great job, Gabriel. Thank you so much I for calling. It. I really appreciate it. Yeah, be well, my friend. You too. We'll Bye. see if I can see you in October. <laughs> okay. Bye. Hope it all blows up. Well, yeah, I had to cut him off because it was just. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to talk to Mike Sato right now because. Uh, you know, he uh, knew, well, he didn't. Hey, Mike, how are you? Hey, uh, Dave, how you doing? Uh, first time, long time. <laughs> Did you hear um, Sandra talking about how much she liked your bumpers for the 250th? Uh, no, I, I didn't. Actually, I'm surprised that you took my call because I was really just um, calling to get a head start on this week's podcast. <laughs> oh, I, I just wanted that. to listen. Well, I saw you. Plus, I just had Gabriel play that thing you do, and I know you know you're a you're a legendary music guy. You're, uh, you know the product the what the, the I'm so stupid. The uh, your job title at I'm, the radio. I'm, not, I'm I'm now I'm the station manager at WYEP in Pittsburgh. Right. And you've been a DJ for yes. so many years before that being a station manager. Uh, and I've, t- you know, you know, I talk about you on the podcast all the time. And you were at the legendary. Uh, what what was that station in Jersey? Uh, G uh, And I talk about that all the time. That was such a groundbreaking station and everything. And yeah. So, you know, music better than anybody, better than I do and everything. And you knew about Adam Schlesinger and, you know, how exciting it was that how good and talented he was. And, uh, you know, how excited I even I was to just be friends with him or have him on the show at all and talking about his music and everything. It was really terrific. It's such a sad loss. It's so tragic because, you know, you just think of. At, at his age, how, many, how much more music he had to give. Um, and, and he seemed incapable of writing a song that wasn't insanely catchy. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, My God, you're right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you, you would think that, you know, if he, has, um, if he has stuff recorded that he 
thought was inferior and wasn't up to his standards, you know, they're probably stuff that other people could only dream of writing, you yeah, know? So I mean, his, his cast-offs. Um, yeah. and, and actually hearing that thing, thing you do on ukulele is, um, you know, it, it, it's almost like, it makes the song sound so sad. Yeah, <laughs> in a way. I, it's a good point. It really um, does. There's something about ukulele. I mean, uh, Paul McCartney in concert plays um, uh, just something everybody, uh, written by George. Oh, he does. I'm sorry. George I know he ukulele. did that whole ukulele song. Everybody dance tonight. Isn't that the one he did on all on ukulele? Wasn't that the? the it yes. was a, a yeah. recent one. It was a. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was a, he, he's really got into pull ukulele, and so he does um, something, you know, which was written by George Harrison on ukulele in concert, and that's somehow perfect. it just makes the song sound very sad. I don't, I don't think that's a great idea. I, I feel like George Harrison would not be okay with that. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I shouldn't say that. I mean, it's, it's, you know, ukulele, it's just this weird mix of peppy and fun and kind of like a little lonely at the same time. So, I don't know. It's only good if but, you're but, in Hawaii. And that's it. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, or if you're playing it fast, because then, you know, you get past that. No, um... it's only Hawaii. Or if you're in a boat, like, uh, and just killing time in the summer. You know, you have to yeah, be like, that's a true. rowboat. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the only time a ukulele so, should be used. <laughs> that's right. That's a, it's your third edict as Manhattan Borough president will be. <laughs> no ukuleles allowed. The ukulele. Yeah, my first ukulele. order of no, business will be closing the ukulele stores around town. <laughs> now, now, what's this I hear that you had some big beef with Sandy Duncan? No, not Sandy Duncan. Sandy Dennis. <laughs> I mean, I who a... doesn't like Triscuits? <laughs> I wish I had a beef with Sandy Duncan, but who couldn't enjoy her comedy and her glass eye? <laughs> well, I mean, I know you're a, you're a, a big. Glass Eye fan. I mean, I you know. Well, I was one of the few people that with knew the, which eye to look in. We were very close. Um, but with uh, uh, you know Peter Falk and all, right? That's right. Peter Falk and Sandy Duncan. Everybody knew that. And Sammy Davis, right? No, Sammy. Yeah, Sammy Davis oh. had one too, right? That's that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those are the three people we've always known. That and and that's weird. Is like no one else has ever had one after that. How is that possible? <laughs> like it was only in the seventies, and that's it. I guess they don't well, I know a guy, there's actually a guy in the music industry who is the one who, um, I mean, he signed a lot of bands to various record deals over the years, but the one that I always remember is, um, you know, the band King Missile? I, I know you know them, and I remember you playing them in college, but that was where all I would know them from. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, he signed, he signed King Missile to a record deal at Atlantic Records, and anyway, this guy also has a, a glass eye, so I don't know. I don't know what it is. You know, you you were probably uh, responsible for dis- now that I think about it, for discovering Fountains of Wayne in many ways because you know it was a Jersey band and you knew all about that kind of stuff. I never heard of them before. You know, Stacy's mom or anything, but you probably knew them way before that was a hit. No, no, no. I I mean, I I did as soon as their first album came out in '96. I. I knew that they were a band I really liked. And as a matter of fact, um, is that off I, that first album? Doing... Is Stacy's mom off the first album? No, that's their third album. Uh, Welcome that's... Interstate Managers had that one. That's what I'm saying. So yeah, uh, go ahead. I mean, well, the first album um, had Radiation Vibe, um, which got a lot of 
alternative radio airplay uh, at that time. Well, that's why I thought um, perhaps, I like you said, that it got they were an alternative band. That's why I thought maybe you discovered them, you know, in a way. I mean, you were probably one of the first to play them. Well, I mean, you know, by by all means, I would love to take credit for that, but <laughs> I'm but I'm sure uh, there's a lot of other people who are out of me in line. But I did uh, I did do an interview, a phone interview with Chris Collingwood from the band on um, New Year's Day, 1997. Um, here's a trivia point of trivia that you might not know is he he told me um, that when he and Adam were in college together, they went to Williams College in Massachusetts. And um, they, they had a couple different bands. Uh, they didn't form Fountains of Wayne until they both kind of re-met up together in New York City years later. But um, one of the bands they had in college was a band called The Wallflowers. And um, Ew, isn't that the, they uh, actually Dylan's son's name? Yeah, Jacob Dil- Jacob Dylan has a band called The Wallflowers. Right, and right. it turns out that he uh, uh, they sold the name to Jacob Dylan. Shut up! Really? Oh, so I was. No, it's true. Right. I mean, that's when as soon as I heard that, I knew exactly it was. I didn't, couldn't remember the Jacob Dylan. I knew it was Dylan's son, and they had the one headlight song, and that was it. And then they were never heard from again, right? Well, no. I mean, they they had a. I like to put it know, that they, way. I know they, they had, did, but it's more funny. They had a long career. <laughs> I, although there there are a lot of bands out there that you know have long and storied careers where people only know them, but, you know, like the kind of classic one-hit wonder type thing. Well, but, in a way, um, Fount- a- Fountains of Wayne, besides somebody like yourself, they only know Stacy's mom, so they probably think they were one-hit wonders, but if you are... Well, fa- technically... I mean, technically speaking, they are one-hit wonders. That was their only top 40 hit in, in the U.S., so... Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely... They fitted that bill, for sure. Um, here's another uh, trivia that you might not know. Um, doesn't directly have to do with, with Adam, but um, uh, Chris Collingwood um, told me his... So, the very first single was Radiation Vibe, and it mentions Pittsburgh in uh, in the song. And so, I, I asked him one time um, why he included that reference to Pittsburgh, and it turns out that he is a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan because his father... Um, who lived in, you know, northeastern Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. kind of in the Scranton area, I guess. Um, uh, he was a huge lifelong Steelers fan, and um, he told me <laughs> that his dad worked with the dad of John Oates from Hollow Notes. <laughs> 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 That's awesome. I don't know. It's one of that. That is a perfect story because it's just so stupid, right? <laughs> the, yeah, I worked with John Oates' dad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what can you imagine? Can you imagine like what? I don't even I have no idea what the business was or whatever. But can you imagine like just like maybe you start working at this company and you're just like you know, hey, you know, get this. This guy is uh, his son's in the band Founds of Wayne. Oh yeah, my my son's John Oates. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly. It's a weird thing. Yeah. Well, it's like one of those things too where when you're a kid or you're college and people know you're really into music and you want to be a DJ, they would introduce you like, Oh, you know, this guy over here, he's that's John Oates dad. And you, and we would be like, no way. Which meanwhile, it would be like, who gives a shit? But yet we're, we were nerds like that, you know, like any, anybody that's into something that heavily, you know, it's like for me, for comedy, be like, you know, that's David Letterman's mother. And I'm like, well, I mean, that's not even a fair one. Cause she did become famous in a way, but, uh, you know, stuff like right, that. Right. It is kind of funny when you, you know, are really into something. You're you want to know more about their entire life. So we would be interested in John Oates' dad, <laughs> but uh, normally somebody <laughs> right, would be like, exactly. "I really is." Wait, does he? 
keep in touch with John? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> but he it, actually keeps close uh, touch with Daryl though, because you know he likes Daryl better. <laughs> right. I always like Daryl better. He's certainly more handsome. That's the son <laughs> I really wanted. But uh, and of course he does write all the songs. Don't tell my son I said. Can you that. imagine like? I wonder John Oates' mom is just like, why can't you be more like Daryl? <laughs> <laughs> they probably were. They were so close. They were certainly an interesting group. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, with uh, it's funny about you – know, you're, you're certainly right just about – and this is – you know, I guess probably I'll go into it next week with Adam and Fountains of Wayne and stuff, just his catchiness. And, again, you know, he did, he did what everybody – should do write songs like I mean he his life was perfect in the sense of the way his trajectory was where he was a rock star young and then you know went to the movies and TV and then started writing Broadway or well, that was the plan yeah and will you know I think Sarah will go forward with the show and the show will probably be a hit because I have heard the songs from the Bedwetter and they're brilliant I mean brilliant. Uh, just as we would have expected. And then he was supposed to do The Nanny with the girl Rachel Bloom from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. That was his next Broadway project. So he could have, you know, gone on to, which would have really, if you, if he had lived longer, would have, if you had read Wikipedia, you would have just been like, God, what a perfect trajectory as you get older. You know, which, which, oh, we, yeah. which yeah. for years people were saying, why isn't Billy Joel? Why isn't, and you know, it, it where it, it came to a stop because Paul Simon started doing it and crashed and burned. Uh, but those people that weren't making the hits that they were making 10, 20 years ago should have been writing for Broadway until Paul Simon ruined everything with that Cape man uh, thing. And then people were like, maybe that's not such a great idea. But meanwhile, this guy who is the most catchy tune writer, maybe of all time, you know, since, since uh, Cole Porter, I mean, seriously, you, you heard, I think you heard the story where I was talking about Christmas time where I'm going through that Kmart and I hear one of this Christmas song and I'm like, boy, this is a cra- catchy tune. Never heard of Shazammed it. It's goddamn Fountains of Wayne. I text him and I'm like, what the <laughs> What is your, do you only write songs that I like or does anyone else know about this too? <laughs> I mean, it, it, it was amazing. And, and just the movies we, Sarah and I would, we were watching, you know, music and lyrics. We're just watching it one day. And of course we see the credits that said written by Adam Schlesinger, this one song. I'm like, What? Unbelievable! I mean, just everything this guy did, and then what I guess he wrote for other people, like Bowling for Soup and stuff like that. Songs that, again, and I've said this in my previous podcast, which I'm going to put up again. Like, I was in love with Bowling for Soup. Remember, I told that whole story about how they were on the Jimmy Kimmel show, and I got to meet them and take pictures. And you know, Jimmy and Val Kilmer are making fun of me while they're playing because I'm like a 15 year old girl jumping up and down for Bowling a Soup. So it turns out he wrote the songs that I like so much. <laughs> I know it's amazing, uh, you know. But although comparing him to some of the other songwriters who either could have or maybe should have done uh, a Broadway show um, at some point, you know, one of the things that when you think about Adam Schlesinger, that's very different about him, um, and he talked about this a little bit uh, in interviews over the years, is that he was not a comfortable frontman. And when you look at his career, I mean, he started the band Ivy. Uh, before Fountains of Wayne got started. And that was like his other kind of long running band. Um, and he had a French woman who was the, the lead singer for that band. And he and the other, it was a trio. And they, I think, I guess they all wrote songs together. But um, but in Fountains of Wayne, like 
no matter who wrote it, like he or Chris Collingwood, Chris sang everything. He yeah. was the lead vocalist on it. So yeah. it's kind of in a way, he, he's a little bit more like a modern sort of alt-rock uh, Bernie Taupin in a way because Excellent point. he's the guy behind the guy. Yep, and the best, and that's what I think made him so great is that he was the guy behind the guy, never cared to be the front man like you said. And, you know, I've seen it too because he had another band called Fever High that I went to see where he was just playing the keyboards. You know, he didn't care. He wrote their songs and he just didn't seem to mind being that Stuart Copeland guy, you know, like which I make fun of all the time because this guy is like this fucking sting. This should be me. You know, like, I mean, he just <laughs> and, and, he, and his personality was just like that. He was a, a humble, wonderful guy a sweetheart of a guy that you just don't see in many rock stars, you know, met John Mayer before and he couldn't be more opposite than uh, Adam Schlesinger. And um, God, he was just, that's the worst part. It's like this, this guy, this first guy I know that died of the coronavirus was one of the sweetest guys I've ever met. And it's always, you know, you're not taking the, uh, you know, the old managing partner from my law firm. Why is he still alive? You know, like they, the guy that fired me, you know, <laughs> like why this lovely, <laughs> lovely guy that, I liked so much, and I really believe he liked me too, which made me, I can't even tell you. I mean, you you know how happy, you know, him and, you know, the fact that, you know, Larry from Three's Company, Richard Klein, that, they, that we're friendly, and you know me for so long that this makes me happy on a daily basis, that I was friends with Adam Schlesinger, that I could call him my friend, and we were friends beyond my yeah. adoration of him, even though when I had him on the podcast, I was lucky enough to say, Thank you for being my friend, and I can't tell you how much it means to me. You know. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I, I have to say, and, and I, you know, I told you this through email. Um, I've been recommending your podcast uh, with, you know, your interview with with Adam. Yeah, I appreciate so much it. Thank because, you. I mean, he he just seems so uh, relaxed and happy and in a good place. That's the way um, he was. That's you know, the way he was. That. You know, I don't know whether I told you guys any of this, but he was going to write me a song when I ran for a Manhattan borough president, he was, he's like, if you run, I mean, he might've said it more like uh, in Forrest Gump, like, I'll tell you what, if you become a shrimp boat, I'll be your first mate. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he said it, but no, he didn't. He meant it for real. And he really wouldn't, would have written me like an ad and a catchy campaign song. And because of his catchy tunes, I probably would have goddamn won. Uh, just because of his song alone. Can you imagine people going around Manhattan just going like, Costanza, you know, whatever. I mean, like, I mean, right. he, he was the shit, and um, he'll be missed. Mike, thank you so much for calling. It's so nice to hear from you all the time, and uh, you're such a good friend, and I appreciate it. And now uh, let's do it. We need to do a show together. We can show everybody off your Beatles knowledge, which I would have no problems with if you want to. All right. Well, you know what? After all this is over, I'll, I'll visit New York and uh... – We'll, we'll get set up. Well, and, that would be even better. Just we, got, yeah, yeah. come to my lab. We'll, we'll get to <laughs> Just Got Worldwide Studios. That's right. The compound here at the Just Got Compound. But, uh, yeah. Um, anyway, thanks a lot, Mike. I'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks, Dave. Be well. Bye, pal. Um, here's my friend Elon, who's doing a great job. This is Elon, right? Yeah. Hey, Dave. Hi. Thank you. Sorry for keeping you on hold so long. I just let me tell you everything about Elon Altman, my good buddy, uh, who's been doing really funny Instagram posts. You know how like Olga was just talking about 
when this all ends, we hope that all these horrible Instagram people go away and these horrible comics on Instagram go away. Elon's doing the most perfect thing. He's just doing these jokes off his balcony every day, and they're really, really funny, and it's cute, and it's non-aggressive. It's just really good. The jokes are good, and he's just performing for the people in the bu- the other building across from him who nobody sees, and sometimes they'll do a close-up <laughs> on, like, look, it's a fan from the other terrace. Yeah, we'll zoom in on some random kid sitting on his couch 100 feet away that has no idea this is happening. Yeah, and it's really funny, and it's really cute, and uh, it's it's really good. And it makes me happy, and I I hope it makes other people who – Elon Altman on Instagram, follow him and watch his daily – It's uh, it's Elon-stagram on Instagram, E-L-O-N-stagram. Oh, sorry. Sorry, right, because you also have that stupid one on Twitter, too, that's not right. What is that called? Elon is funny or something? Elon, you're so crazy. What the hell's the matter with you? What, What are you, 12? I don't know. I'm not good at branding. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> you know what? My Instagram thing is uh, Dave Juskow. And also on Twitter, you can follow me at Dave Juskow. Now, that's branding. How'd you ever come up with that? I don't know. It just came to me in a dream one day. Wow. <laughs> but, yeah, no. Um, yeah, Elon, you're, um, you're good. Your wife is actually making masks now that we... You know, we were making fun of it last week. Not your wife making them, but... Um, we were making fun for doctor purposes and nurses. They, they're not helpful quilting, uh, knitting a mask, but your wife is doing it because now we all need to wear them. So she's actually doing everybody actually quite the service. Yeah. She's been sewing nonstop and, uh, there actually are a lot of medical professionals, like people who have written to her nurses and stuff at, at urgent care facilities that have no masks whatsoever. So yeah. So then it, all of a sudden, we, I mean, who knows whether anything. it works or not, but right. I guess it's better than nothing. I guess. I'm not positive, but yeah, they, uh, they still filter out like seventy percent of the bad stuff, which yeah. doesn't help completely, but it's something. Yeah. Also, um, to pass the time, you sent me uh, this awesome collection of Chris Elliott compilations on Letterman Show, which has been a wonderful way to consume time. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, <laughs> that's how I fell in love with Chris Elliott. I told you. Uh, you know, I and we found out through watching these that I was on. You saw me on one of the Letterman shows in the audience from with Andy Kaufman. Yeah, and that actually came up on your last call-in show when we figured that out. Oh, it it did. Yeah, because I brought up that I was watching that Andy Kaufman collection, and then you said I was at. One oh, of the oh, and then and we and then we watched. And, we and found then, it right. Yeah, we could. I couldn't believe yeah, we yeah, found there you it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they compiled the Chris Elliott stuff, and it's really funny. And uh, he showed me this one where he was playing. I mean, I sent it to Sarah Silverman, the one you sent me with Chris Elliott doing a public access show with Show Tunes, uh, <laughs> because it's not that funny. But what's funny about it is that it exists, and that they let it play out. And that's what I wrote to her, and I said, the best part about this is that they let it play out, which they don't do anymore. It's like an eight-minute bit on Letterman. It's it's so long. Yeah, it's so so long. long. It's mildly funny. It's funny because we know what Chris Elliott is and what he's capable of, so it's funny. But then the end call is Letterman saying, can we wrap this bit up, which, of course, makes it really funny. But then when you think about that, Dave, let it go on, and the card blanche that Chris Elliott had on that show... That's what makes it even funnier because no one else had that kind of access with Dave, right? Yeah. I mean, you would figure he, Chris, for some reason, Chris Elliott and Dave Letterman got a, you know, Dave Letterman has 
there's nobody he's close with, but he clearly either really liked Chris and there were so many things. I mean, when I was growing up, Chris Elliott was the greatest, which is why, you know, my whole life was formed by these two things he did on Cinemax, which were called Cinemax Comedy Experiments. One was called The Action Family and the other one was called FDR, A One-Man Show. Now, you said you saw The Action Family online but could not find the FDR yeah, the one, Action right? Family is on Action Family is on YouTube and it's unbelievable. Everyone should to watch it. It's just the best spoof of like 70s police drama and and the Brady Bunch right and and, and it ends with the Partridge family too so they've combined everything and uh and then the FDR one is I remember when I first got it in this collection I was like I don't want to see the FDR one man show it's gonna be stupid that turned out to be arguably funnier and maybe the best thing I had ever seen in my life that would influence my life you know before I saw the Gary Shandling 25th anniversary special the fdr chris elliott a one-man show which is very difficult to find elon you have not found it yet uh wait till you see this masterpiece really of comedy making and when they say cinemax comedy experiment that's exactly what this was and he somehow fills a half hour that is just so brilliant that i that's when i decided i wanted to do you know, a John Adams show like this, it's all derived from the genius of Chris Elliott, which is why I think when I watch Shit's Creek, I don't really care for uh, Chris Elliott on it because he's just not good enough of the way I know he can be. I know he's just doing an acting job, but his comic brilliance was just so brilliant 30 years ago and, you know, up and, you know, and continuing, but, uh, Boy, that if you ever get to find this FDR one-man show, but then for now, watch the Action Family, let alone get a life, which is brilliant. The first season's unbelievable. Yeah, and it's all on YouTube. All the Get a Life's are on YouTube? Yeah. Yeah. You, so you've seen those, right? Yeah. I've seen, I, I mean, I remember, I remember watching them when I was a little kid, but I was watching them when they were on live, and I thought they were just the funniest thing. Oh, that one me episode where too. Spelling Bee, and he hears the word Titmouth, and he can't stop laughing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember, you know, I remember... <laughs> the second episode where he uh, was being a runway model. I mean, it's just sticks in my head. It's just I remember watching it. Cause I remember what the first episode was just kind of getting everything started and you're like, where's this going? And then the second episode just kind of picked up and I would go over my friend's house Sunday, like watching the Howard Stern channel nine show. And just, I'd never laugh so hard. Just the way I laughed at SCTV and some of the bits that the hard couldn't speak laughter I would have from get a life. And let alone the niceness of the fact that his father was on it, who was a comic legend before my time. I didn't understand why he was famous or anything. I never heard of anything like, you know, that's like your show of shows era or something. I didn't know who Bob and Ray were. But the fact that he used his father and they obviously had a good relationship also made it sweet that his father, his actual father actually played his father. And his father is brilliant on the show, right? Like he's just as funny as anybody else. Uh, just also made it really good and him just using it for like, you know, in the second season, you using Brian Doyle Murray and stuff like that. All the people we love in comedy and that just, uh, you know, it just makes you happy as well that he obviously must be a very nice guy. His daughter, as maybe unfunny as she might be, uh, she's a pretty good actress and she's very pretty and, uh, but obviously, he must be a good father and a good parent because she seems normal. You don't hear anything bad about her or anything. You know what I'm saying? Abby Elliott I'm talking about. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. He seems just... like he would be a good family man. Yeah, he obviously came from his a wife good... wife is in a lot of the sketches on Letterman in the early days. His he wife is? Also. Is that right? Yeah, there's certain ones where he'll... Um, I'm trying to think which one. There's one where he plays like... A, it's called The Fugitive Guy. Oh, yeah, no, I remember that. Yeah, the, um, there was The Fugitive Guy, so there was the guy like, under the stairs. I'm the new lighting guy on the set, and then all of a sudden, he, like some, you'd hear this, the footsteps of the guy, the one-armed man. <laughs> right. I think it was a one-legged man in this case, and he would run away. But in certain, then there was like a subplot in some of them where he started making out with this girl, and then like they got married, and, and I think that was his real wife. You uh, I mean for the subplot for The Fugitive Guy? Isn't that funny, right? I mean, it's just like he had, I mean, yeah. The Fugitive Guy, the guy under the stairs, he had all these things. He just like every time he was on was just for me. It would make uh, it special. Like I guess the way used to people used to feel about uh, the mighty Carson Art players of Johnny Carson, which was the worst shows. But I guess back then people were like, oh, I love when they do the mighty Carson Art play where they do a sketch. I mean, that was the updated thing for me. Where I wonder if like my niece would see this if she'd find it funny. I just can't imagine somebody who still wouldn't find it funny because Chris Elliott's weird and funny, and I think it holds up. Yeah, I think it does. I mean, I've watched I've watched hours of it now. <laughs> so I made up for all these years where I didn't watch. Obviously, I, I missed Letterman in the '80s because I was too young. But uh, now I've pretty much seen all of it right. as long as it pertains to Chris Elliott. Yeah, he was the best. Well, anyway, um, Elon, thank you for calling in. I appreciate you hanging on the phone for a while. I'm going to just go over to a couple other callers before we uh, wrap up. Is that okay? Yep, sounds good. Thanks, Thanks for being for a pal. Me. Bye. All right. See ya. Bye. Let's see who this is. This is Julia, I wonder. Hello, is this Julia? Yeah. Is quarantine giving you more time to think about how to eat your ribs correctly? How, how what? <laughs> <laughs> is quarantine giving me how, how yeah. what? Cor- Are you doing a, a gag, like a phone just, gag? Did your father put you up to this? What, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was the question? Say the question again. Is quarantine giving you more time to think about how to eat your ribs correctly? Oh, to how to eat my ribs correctly. That is what you said. I was like, what are you talking about? My God, you're mocking me. I can't believe it. This is Julia who had the, this is Joe's daughter who when we go to the all you can eat ribs place at Big Ed's, you know, started saying you're not finished. You're not eating your ribs correctly. So you can't order more. And I'm like, well, I'm not finishing it because that's how I order more. And that's how I'm able to order like five extra plates of it because I'm not finishing it. I'm sorry, but she's still mocking me. How dare she? Yeah. I don't finish. I don't do it to the bone. Damn it. Yeah. Well, you have to, I know. And you know, I watch this hot wing show, um, on uh, true TV now and they have to, you know, finish a bone to play the game. And I'm like, Julia would probably be really upset with me. She'd be like, wait a minute. He didn't finish all the chicken off that bone. You wouldn't bone. even be able to get on the show. You wouldn't even be able to get on the show because you wouldn't qualify for it because of how you eat it. How dare you speak to me like that? I am a, an elder <laughs> to you. You should be treating me with respect. <laughs> but you're right because they actually – the what they say, the chant they say on that show is clean that bone. <laughs> so <laughs> you are – Actually, correct, as it turns out. Are you in your car right now? No. Oh, your dad said you were just hanging out in your car, and I'm like, I love hanging out in Julia's yeah, car. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was lying in my car because I, like, made a fort in it. I know. Isn't that fun? Yeah, it's great having your own car. It's just exciting just hanging out. I totally get it. Yeah. It fun. sounds like fun. How are you doing? How's school? How is school online? Good. And, I don't mind it. I just do, like, work whenever I want. It's and easy. do you really even have to go online? I mean, if you're already 
entered into a college, why even signing on? <laughs> I still want my GPA high. <laughs> For what purpose? Because I want to. But if you're already in school, what do you need a high GPA for? I'm so just it curious. On, like, so I have it on my transcript. Transcript for what? You're already in college. For myself. For myself. That is so lame. <laughs> if, lame. if I, I know, but if I was already accepted in college, I wouldn't even bother signing on. I don't. Well, my mother and dad would make <laughs> me, I guess. But I would be like, why? I'm already going to school. What is the point? I've heard a lot of teachers have just given up, and they're just like not even bothering <laughs> they're like yeah they just post work yeah they just post it. work they don't care they're like we're all gonna die what's the difference i don't <laughs> i don't think they think that way but i mean who you can't blame them if they do so do you have to are you on from like seven to three every day or just like intermittently throughout no, the like day? i wake up at like 12 every day oh, nice. and then i just like, the work is usually done sometimes at 3, mostly at midnight. So I just get it done whenever. No, but, like, when you have to sign on for teachers, no? Oh, they just no, give it? Oh, there's no. no classes? They just post it. Yeah. Some some schools do, like, the online, like, FaceTime thing. But, like, mine, does, mine isn't right now. I'm surprised that they don't want to at least get everybody in a class once a week. You know, like, your science teacher in the class, like, once a week at a certain time just to... Say, here we are together, here's what's happening. I mean, I, I, that's surprising that they don't want to do any of that. It just seems like you'd want to see everybody, you know? I don't mind it. <laughs> yeah. I guess it would be good if I, you know, was on and there was, like, a bully in the class. I wouldn't want him to see where I live. I wouldn't want to see my background. True. You could change the background. Well, I can't. My computer. So yesterday I set up a green screen behind me. And now I can finally set up a background. So yesterday when my mother and sister were calling me, I pretended I was on a plane. I was sitting in the chair and ordering <laughs> drinks. Um, it was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Julia, thank you so much for calling. I really appreciate it and making you're fun welcome. of me. I have no problems with that whatsoever. <laughs> Any call is a good call. And I hope you're doing good during this uh, time. And, um, you know, we thank can pray you. for Angelina as well. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> That was uh, Julia. She's adorable. Uh, let me uh, talk to John from Cleveland. Hello, John from Cleveland. Hi, Dave. How are you? Good. How are you? Thank you for calling. I'm sorry I had you on hold so long. No worries. I appreciate it. Uh, first time, long time. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, you said Dave, you wanted so to play Mount play... Rushmore. Yeah, what is that? Go ahead. Yeah, I want to play a game called Mount Rushmore. Okay. So I, I fire questions at you, and you give me your top four, basically, of whatever I'm asking you about. No ties, you know, so top four. Okay. Let's do it. Okay, number one. Who is your Mount Rushmore of TV sitcoms? Excellent question. Well, you know, it's funny. After I was just talking to Elon, I might I, – I, was just I was thinking about get a life, and then I was like, "Boy, that was really good." But no, I guess I would go the Big Bang Theory at this point. I watch. I mean, I watch it every night. I know that's a, a strange one, but I watch it every night on TBS all night long. Um, I mean, the Brady Bunch has always been up there for me, but lately, since it, I mean, that would be the question. You know, are we talking about now, or I guess of all time? Can I even sit through the Brady Bunch anymore? I think it would be up there, though. I guess Seinfeld. Because I enjoy watching that every night. And even though there are only certain episodes that are still great, 
I guess I'd put the Dick Van Dyke show up there, even though there's a lot of ones that are kind of dull. I think I have to because of the way it shaped me as a person. How cool. About, is that okay? Those yeah. are good answers. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. What all are right. yours? Just Next out of curiosity. Oh, man, you know, so I, I would definitely say Seinfeld for sure. I might go curb your enthusiasm. I was thinking that too. I know it's just, uh, yeah, right. But then you, I think you would have to choose one of the Larry David two. You know, I, yeah. I right because that's just too much. If you're, it's it is it's it's a lot. I know, but but I'm with you. I'm with you on that. It's but this season was fantastic. It's, right, it was so funny. For sure. And this it's guy, terrible. Larry David, puts um, together so many good season season finales he's so good at that which is why it's funny that the seinfeld series finale was not good i know but it's crazy that larry david can make you know what 17 or 18 seasons of like insanely entertaining content that's hilarious you know like, why because it's 17 total seasons or something like i don't think that. it's 17 i i don't know about that it might be just 10 seasons right now or are you talking including well, seinfeld well, with, with yeah with Kurt oh gotcha seinfeld. gotcha okay you're right right but the thing about the beauty about curb your enthusiasm is they give him the freedom to just do you know another season whenever he wants and that's what definitely keeps those things fresh yeah crazy uh, i'd probably go 30 rock and probably The Office, I'd oh, say. That's funny. I never actually saw an episode of The Office, not once. Isn't that funny? It's worth looking into. I know, yeah, but I was it. I was angry because the British one was so unbelievable, I couldn't stray from that again. <laughs> that that series finale was probably one of the greatest series finales I've ever seen in my life. How I it was like I compared to crimes and misdemeanors. How I'm laughing so hard at one point and then getting emotionally attached at the other point. It was a, uh, and that's why I never watched the uh, Office, but I probably should since most people I respect seem to love it. Uh, what's the next uh, Mount Rushmore? Who is your? What is your Mount Rushmore of sandwiches? <laughs> um, well, that's a tough one because like. You know, I just ordered from Sarge's Deli the other day a sandwich, which isn't really a name, but it's a, you know, cor- it was corn. <laughs> this is disgusting. Corned beef, chopped liver, Swiss cheese, tomato, lettuce, and potato salad on rye bread, and it was delicious. Well, I don't even know what you call that, but it would definitely be the tuna sub from that place in Edison, New Jersey. Uh, well, I can't even remember the name of it now because I'm an idiot. You know, I'm not thinking properly, but uh, that place for sure. And then probably like a, a good Reuben sandwich and a grilled cheese. And then that one I just described. There you go. Those are my top four. Oh, no. I'm sorry. There's also a Thanksgiving sandwich at this place called Lenny's. I like the Thanksgiving <laughs> sandwich. Yeah, this place Lenny's. But also down the shore, there's a, there's a bar that opens at 5 in the morning for like fishermen or something. Um, I think it's called Kelly's. And they have a thing called the Gobbler which is just like a Thanksgiving sandwich, which is delicious. So I, don't, I had to add more on. Sorry. I could probably figure it out okay. if, we, if we were just together and we were drinking. I would probably take this more seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Give me one more. I just want to take a couple other calls before we leave. Who, what is your Mount Rushmore of Chinese restaurants in New York City? Well, see, that's a problem because... Most Chinese restaurants in New York City blow. Uh, it's a myth really? that they have good Chinese food here. So I would definitely go with, 
I guess the number one being Joe Shanghai, uh, which they just closed the one on 55th Street, but they still have the one in Chinatown, and that really is great. That's with the soup dumplings. Um, there was a place, a really great place on 3rd Street, but they changed it, and now it's not as good anymore. Um, I still like Wohop, which is in Chinatown and open pretty much till 7 in the morning, maybe even 24 hours. Uh, that's a legendary place. If you come to the city, it's in Chinatown and it's open late. And it's not good, but it is good, you know, for for what it is late at night. So it's kind of delicious. So those are the only two. I, go, I mean, there's a place across the street, but I only go to it because it's a place across the street. There's a place in Edison, New Jersey called Ling's, which is excellent. And the best Chinese food I've ever had in my life has been in other towns like Los Angeles, ironically, um, London and Montreal. New York has bad Chinese food. Go figure. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> I guess I took, Thanks, I took that I very serious. No, fan. thank you so much. Thank you for calling. I appreciate staying on the phone, too. I'll talk to you yep. later. Nice to hear from you. Take care. Bye. Um, that was John, everybody. Isn't that nice? Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm going to go. Let me just try this one. See if this is. Hello, is this Jessica? Hello? I guess nobody's there. Hello? Know. Oh, yes, hello. Who is this? Who is this? Cow. It's Lee. Oh, what's up? How are you? Oh, you were saying <laughs> just cow on the auto screen. You know, you didn't say it was Lee. That's right. Oh, what's up? Lee uh, Maracas, everybody. We talk about you all the time. I am amazed I had to wait 25 minutes to get on a Just Cow uh, call Sorry show. about that. I apologize. Um, but, uh, you know, we're <laughs> no, having a good time. want to get through everybody's calls and just having a good time. So uh, uh, how are you doing? You're, uh, you're, you're hunkering down outside the city, thank goodness. You have a place to go, and you have a lovely backyard and stuff you can go, so you must be having a pretty good time. Yeah, no, no, I'm really happy. I'm happy. Although, didn't you say your wife may have it? Is that, did you find out any more information? No, she took the test um, two days ago. She actually went to one of those drive, they have a drive-thru. Oh, so you're going to get the, uh, by the time this airs, uh, you'll get a response whether she has it or not. Right, right, right. And and if she has it, then I got to go in for it. But, um, but they said it was a great facility. You just stay in your car. You, You know, you actually put your license up against the window. You know, yeah, but and then what, they know it's you. You roll down your w- window, you, what, and then they give you, know, you the What do you do if your window in my car right now doesn't roll down? Now what do I do? I'm going to have to get out of the car and be like, sir, what are you doing? Stop! A, p- p- step away from the car, sir. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. My window's going. And then they would just shoot me with rubber bullets. You know? <laughs> I wish they had a facility. I'd love to know. I mean, I'm, I don't I don't have to get tested now. He must have it. Yeah, exactly right. This guy definitely has it. Look at him. He's disgusting. <laughs> he definitely looks no sick. Right, tell him to stay in his car. But my windows don't work anymore. I have to get them fixed. But uh, yeah, yeah. I don't. I mean, I wouldn't have to get checked now. But I'd love to know if I did have it. And I know they're planning on that. They need a drive-through facility for people that might have already had. They need to do both at the drive-through, whether you have it now or whether you did have it. That that would be a very successful drive-through. Well, it's true, because then you'd have the antibodies. Exactly, and then I could probably help uh, more people in my building. I could help. I could even go to, you know, my friend's hospital and maybe help over there. I would would volunteer at the hospital if I know I'm not going to catch it. Uh, But it's funny being so dewy uh, and nervous, even though I don't think I'm going to get it. 
even if I knew I had it and I don't think I'm going to get it as I go outside every day, I still panic that it's somehow in the air. I'm just thinking of the Ten Commandments, which, by the way, airs tonight uh, on ABC. Uh, I'm thinking of that green smoke that comes out at the uh, slaying of the firstborn and how I'm, you know, that's, that smoke is coming out. And then I have it. And when I come home, I always have a headache. And then I forget about it. And then it goes away because it's all psychosomatic, you know. Right, right. No, 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 I know. Well, I want to know in the meantime, are you still hoarding all the uh, Dinty Morris beef stew at the local Mercedes? <laughs> yeah, but it's not considered hoarding in New York City. No one cares for it. So <laughs> I'm the only person to get it. They say you know, most of it's been expired for three years, so it's still on their shelves. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> I was talking to Robert Kelly. I was on the Comedy Cellar uh, nightly show, and Robert Kelly also says it's delicious as well. I think it's just a fat guy food. That is uh, absolutely bad for you, full of sodium and so delicious. But, yeah, it's not healthy in any way, shape or form. But it is goddamn delicious. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at it at my house and, and it's more like um, it's like in Pee Wee's Big Adventure when he's rescuing all the animals and he goes past the snake right. cage and he's like, no. And he keeps going by the snake cage. No. And then finally he's like, oh, fuck it. You know, like, that's what I'm like with, I see the Padinti more can. I have it. I don't even have it in a cabinet. I just have it right in my kitchen. So I look at it every day and I'm like, should I? No, no, no. Should I? No, I'll just make mashed potatoes. Well, mashed potatoes with stew would, I mean, I really just want it. But Sounds pretty good. I haven't been to the grocery store in two weeks because, you know, who wants to go there? It's the cesspool of germs. Uh, so, I mean, true. even though I go for a walk outside every day, I've not gone to the grocery store where I think everybody's infected. So, uh, you know, I think I'm probably more clean than everybody else who's going to the grocery store every other day. But I'm going to try and maybe get some food. Del- I really don't want to go in there. All yesterday, I just wanted to buy an onion for a recipe that I have for tuna nuda casserole. And I'm like, do I want to go to the grocery store for one onion? I don't know. And then I got to wear a mask and look like a jerk off because I haven't been wearing them yet. But I don't have a scarf. I don't have a bandana. Uh, I ha- The only mask I have is the one I got for when I got the staples out of my hair. They uh, made me wear a mask, so I saved it. <laughs> I'm glad you have one then. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess I'm going to have to wear it. I keep it in my pocket just in case there's a troublemaker outside who's going to make things yeah. difficult. Are you? Do you go outside every day a lot? Yeah, we do. We go out in the yard, and we'll walk on the street and and walk for a bit. Isn't that but funny? Like, we don't see anyone. Well, no, of course you don't see anybody. It's funny you go in your yard and you know it's fine. But it's funny me even going out in a yard that if I was on your property, I'd still get nervous that the virus is out there because I'm just so yeah. nervous. Even though I'm not nervous, I'm such a strange person because I'm obviously going out, defying the virus, you know, bringing in food, not wiping it down. I'm like, screw that virus, and yet I'm still afraid when I go outside. I don't know what the problem is. I'm, but this explains my entire existence, really. If you think about it. <laughs> well, speaking of resistance, I had another question. Do you think now that we're quarantined that you can do a virtual egging of houses on Zoom? Ooh, excellent. I wonder. Uh, I know there's a couple of people we'd like to call and uh, somehow virtually egg their house. You know what we probably could do is uh, maybe – well, you know what I'll do after this is all done is maybe I'll go online and do an egging service for people and I'll go out and egg whoever they want me to, and I'll video record it, which is, you know, smart move. And, um, you know, so people can watch it happen. And then, you know, when I get caught, uh, when somebody, you know, breaks the, the, the silence and just says, well, we're going to turn this guy in, um, what are they going to do, really? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, I can't believe you egged all these people's house for money. I'm like, 
Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, so what happens now? Uh, gonna, not going to put me in jail, right? Just, <laughs> your punishment is uh, no more egging. Oh, come on! <laughs> but I mean, the virtual egging, we have to wait. We're just going to have to task some kids to do it so we can actually watch them do it because a virtual egging just isn't good enough. No, I guess But not. it would be good so. if, we knew, if we knew the jerk-offs that we want. Like, for instance, my old boss at the uh, at the law firm, if I knew when he was Zooming with somebody, it would be great to hit his window with eggs while he was Zooming so you could actually see. They're like, oh, shit. And, like, somebody just is just sort of just uh, put a machine gun through the window. Like, oh, no, it's just eggs. Well, who would do that? Just cow. They'd know. You're like Newman. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Lee, That's thank right. you so much for calling. That was really, really kind of you. I wasn't sure if you remembered or anything, but I really appreciate it. I'm just going to take one more call. I'm going to wrap stuff up. So good to talk. I'll, right, I'll call you later, safe, okay? Okay. Yeah. All right. Bye. And tell uh, your wife and kids I hope uh, everything's cool. Thanks a lot, man. Bye. Uh, let's uh, wrap things up with our pal Rich Duffy, who's been waiting on the line for quite a long time. Um, here he is. He's my boy. Hello, Richard. How are you? Hey, Dave. Hi. Pretty good, Dave. How are you? I'm good. How are you feeling? How many days has it been that you've been in quarantine since you came home from North Carolina? 11 days. 11. Oh, so you got three more left. By, three by... more left, and then I can finally get a kiss and a hug from my wife. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking I mean, uh, <clears throat> that's wonderful. I uh, <laughs> uh, No, that's great. So by Monday, it'll be like the whole thing never happened. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. It's been no, three months, though. Well, Not it's just, just kind of days in quarantine. But it's kind of funny. You just like Tuesday. Like, yeah, it'd be like the whole thing never happened. But it'd be like when, <laughs> when people remember this, it'll be like the worst thing that ever happened. Remember when you had to quarantine yourself? For... <laughs> so you really so you came home from North Carolina from unfortunately your mother's funeral, which I mean, Jesus Christ. Right. And you couldn't even have no. a funeral. Right. Or did you were you able no, to no funeral? Nothing. So you come home in this horrible state. Where, okay, granted, your you know your mother was you know she was, she was dying, so it, it was not unexpected. It's still a tragedy, and you loved your mom very much, and she was really one of the best people I knew growing up too. A fun, Thanks. nice Thanks. lady. Like I said, anybody that liked me, I liked a lot. You know, <laughs> like oh, and she loved you. Really she made loved a, you. Dave. I know, and I, I loved her I too. Had to tell her stories about you. Yeah, and she was so nice. And such a nice person. And so she unfortunately dies, but she wasn't well. You have to go down to North Carolina. Right. You, you don't get to have a few. You know, you, you don't get the closure you deserve. Um, you have to fly home. And on the way, even though the probably the best part about it is the private plane. Uh, <laughs> right? Private plane. <laughs> it was kind of like a private plane. There was hardly anybody on it. That's what I'm saying. There's probably like three people on it. So at least you, at least it looks like you, it feels like you're going home first class. So there's one thing, but all right, yeah. you got you got to be <laughs> sad about that, and then you got to go home and realize you now can't even see your your. This is horrible. You're you're grieving, and you can't even have your wife grieve with you because now you have to quarantine yourself. How did you get into the house? I mean, you just walked into the house and went upstairs, or did you actually, like I said last week, climb through a ladder into the room? No, so I, I live in a ranch, and I go in through my bedroom window. Oh, you did. Back. You actually did go in through yeah. your bedroom window, yeah. and you have not left that bedroom window except maybe to go outside. And have you gone outside? That's it. Just, 
Yeah, I go outside, and sometimes we'll have, uh, like, a meal together poolside, but we're, like, 10 feet apart, and then I crawl back in my window. Oh, my goodness. That is uh... – I mean, that, I mean, just, I mean, when you think of somebody like Rich, who's a, you know, such a, a sweetheart of a guy and a good friend for so many years, and you think about the this situation we're in, well, here's a, a perfect example of somebody that is really, um, you know, this is the t- toughest time of all when we know somebody that has died and you can't do anything about it and there's no closure and then you can't even be because I was always saying the one. The one times I wish I had a girlfriend or a wife are times when somebody very close to me dies. Like, you know, when my dad died, as much as we didn't care for each other, I still wish I had a wife because because it's the, the symbol of your father dying, not so much Elliot Jelska dying, you know what I'm saying? The symbolism of your father <laughs> dying and the next chapter of your life. Uh, I wish I had yeah. a wife or, you know, I was always jealous that my sister had her, even though cold-hearted, <laughs> you know, she had her family and her husband and they have somebody to grieve with and somebody around. That's when you want company. Uh, so yeah, it was I, tough. It was tough, Dave. I mean, I I left California to go to New Jersey first. So I was in New Jersey at the end of January. And I got to see this whole thing with the coronavirus unfold while going to the hospital every single day and then going to a rehab center and then going back in a hospital. And it got to the point where at the end I felt bad because – I didn't want I didn't want to be the one carrying it not only into my mother, but also into all the doctors and nurses that were in the hospital. They actually restricted us to one visitor per patient towards the end. And then at the very end, they were going to not allow any visitors at all. But since my mom was pretty much dying um, and we knew she was going to pass within a day or two, they let us my brother and I both go in and just be in the room while she passed. I'm surprised they let your brother in at all with the name Butch. I would have uh, kept that. I would have kept that person out of uh, anywhere with the if I saw that name. I mean, granted, he has another name that he probably uses to get into hospitals. But when somebody's named Butch, I'm going to be like, ah, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> hey, you know, he's he's the muscle in the family. That's why we call him Butch. Well, I think the best part is that uh, him and my sister used to date, and that my sister dated anybody with That's the right. name Butch is extra hilarious. <laughs> we could have been brother-in-laws, Dave. My uh, that would have been awesome, right? My sister. Uh, is having a Seder, you know, a, a virtual light, and she's inviting old boyfriends. And I said, what's the matter with you? You know your husband doesn't care for old boyfriends. I think he would have a problem with Butch, even though they dated in sixth grade. But, again, he'd probably just have yeah. the problem because Butch. his name is Butch, and it's weird. Butch. Yeah. <laughs> just what's really quickly, where did that come from again? <laughs> you know, it was one of those things where when he was born, my grandfather just looked at him, and he says, he looks like a Butch. And it just kind of stuck with him, even though his name is Lewis. <laughs> That's what's even funnier. That his name is like this really gay name. <laughs> which, which is like, like Lewis is the guy, the name of the guy from Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> like Lewis. Yeah, uh, Lewis. And Lewis, Lewis. is, Lewis is uh, Dan Aykroyd's name in Trading Places. It's a very, you know, it's, it's, it, 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 Butch was the proper name for what, lewis duffy looks like you know i mean it's kind of funny like they just yeah your yeah. grandfather was a genius he figured it out no 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 that's that's not right he looks like a butch trust me on this this is not a lewis you've named it's, him incorrectly oh by the way lewis stickney 
Stickney Duffy. What? Louis Stickney. Stick? Like, what the hell is a Stickney? Let's just call him Butch. Oh, my. What? Did your parents hate your brother? Is that why? Uh, I mean, what the hell? What? No, that, Stickney? That was my dad's name. That was my dad's name and his father's name. Oh, my God. People have to stop with that nonsense. Thank God they didn't name him his first name that way. <laughs> you know how I hate when they name people after somebody who's alive, like Joe Jr. You know, I just I really hate it. Drives me insane. <laughs> There's so many other names to choose from. Meanwhile, uh, with Butch, uh, oh, my grandfather uh, kept calling me Murphy, and thank God it it never stuck <laughs> until, ironically, uh, I did Crashing, and my character's name was Murphy. Until they changed it and realized he's not a Murphy, <laughs> we just have to con- call him Juskow. This is the only thing that it's Just funny. Cow. Every time a Murphy was brought up to call me that, it never stuck. I am only just Gow, and there is no other <laughs> name, and that's I could not be called by anything else except this ridiculous last name. <laughs> Most people don't even call me well, David. My, <laughs> my my Alexa calls you Jessica, David Jessica, because it, it doesn't know how to pronounce Jessica. Oh, that's why I saw on the auto screen it said David Jessica. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. You probably said that. That's funny. Um, well, anyway, Richard, uh, thank you so much for calling. And sorry you were on hold Thank for so did. long, but I'm um, sorry about your mommy, too. That's too bad. Um, yeah. Now, Well, you know, you're an orphan now. <laughs> I am an orphan. I know my sister I and I are we're we're wa- my sister and I are waiting for my mother to die so we can say, well, we're orphans now. We've been waiting our whole yeah, lives to say we'll that. We'll have an orphan party. Yeah, well, we I saw it's from this uh, Billy Crystal, uh, Mr. Saturday Night, when him and his brother are older and their mother dies. Like, well, we're orphans now. It's, like, funny, so we... I'm waiting to say it because it's just so stupid, but it's true. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, anyway. But thank God you're married to somebody uh, who you like and love, and I like too. And you're really happy. Yes. And you'll be happy in three days when you get very to see happy. her. And if you're happy because I'll you're be such very a – very happy in three days. Yeah, and you're such a, a nice person. You deserve happiness. You're a wonderful friend. And I appreciate your friendship over the years. And thank you so much for calling. Thank you, Dave. To you too, man. You too. And I, you know what? I love the show. I love the podcast. It makes me feel like I'm close to you when I listen. And it just kind of reminds me uh, that we're close even through all the years and all the miles between us. So yeah. I appreciate it. I feel similar. I'll talk to you later, pal. All right, buddy. Bye. Well, I guess that's our show for today, huh? I mean, that was pretty good. <laughs> I mean, um, I, you know, we talked for over two hours. But why wouldn't we? I think people had a lot to say. People had a lot to say. And, uh, you know, we want to talk about the virus a little. And then we talked about trivia. We talked about TV. We did exactly what you're supposed to do when everybody's in a pandemic. You know, you talk a little about about what's going on, about what people are doing. And unfortunately, tragedy and life affirmance as well. I mean, what else? What else can you do except trying to put together a show that people will listen to and hopefully... uh, you know, discuss the current events, but also try and do stuff that makes you happy and uh, makes you think about something else in the meantime. I mean, that's the thing. I, you can't possibly do a show without talking about the virus, even though I'm looking for that in every medium that's not, you know, Howard Stern or whatever, you know, something else, the sports station and stuff, but you just can't find it. It's just not realistic. There's just too much going on in the world. But, um, you know, we will all get through this, obviously. It's just, um, you know, for me, I mean, I'm you know, kind of enjoying the social quarantine or whatever, but uh, it's uh, you know it's it's taking its toll. 
on everybody, and certainly my waistline. <laughs> Denty more beefs, too, isn't for the skinny. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's a Saturday night. Paul Lynch shows on at midnight, but uh, you won't hear that because you'll hear this on Tuesday when it comes out, except for those of you listening uh, who were listening online the whole time. But uh, thank you for everybody that called in. Uh, some of the people I don't know, uh, too, have never met, but have been kind enough to write or, or tweet or whatever that I've met online. And it's just really great to talk to everybody. And uh, I guess next week we'll probably do a little Adam Schlesinger tribute. I mean, we have to, right? I mean, that we do tributes to people we don't know. We're going to have to talk about him, even though we got to talk about him today and everything, which was great. But um, I don't know. What are you going to do? I just hope everybody's safe and everybody's having a good time. Oh, listen, I'll be at the Chuckle Hut, by the way, next Wednesday. I'm kidding. I just wanted to make a promo as if things were uh, normal. Uh, I have nothing coming up, and neither does anybody else. We have our Seder coming up on April 8th, of course. Uh, if we choose, choose to uh, broadcast that live, I'll let you know. <laughs> I guess it would be kind of funny having Rhoda uh, the Seder live. But uh, anyway, for now, uh, this is the Nightfly, everybody. I am Dave Juskow, and I really hope that everybody is doing terrific or the best that you can in a horrible Situ- an unprecedented situation, but uh, we get through it with laughs and love and friendship. And that is the way we can only get through everything that ever happens on this planet. Uh, good night, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thank you, everybody, for calling in and listening. We'll see you next time on the Night Flag. Good night, everybody.